I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings. But that's never been a problem, cause we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. There's a couple million tons to move I see them everywhere So you best get out their way And watch that sand and gravel disappear There's another run to make We gotta get it there on time And we got what it takes To lay it all out on the line Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Those big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down And they keep that diesel trucking Keep that hammer down And keep that diesel trucking I see those big bright shiny red trucks Just a trucking down the road Those big bright shiny red trucks Just a looking for another Keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats Cause those customers are calling, and those red trucks can't be beat They've gotta put the hammer down, and pick up another load Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road Keep them eyes open on the road Big bright shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big bright shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, breaker, two, three. Anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome and thanks for listening. What's up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Good morning, Brother Dave, Super Dave, or Senior Super Dave, and our returning guest, Amber Carolis. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, everybody. Morning. Guys ready to rock out the pledge? Let's do it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 
So every week we say the pledge, and um, Robert Lincoln actually sent me something. He's like, check this out. Maybe you want to play it on the podcast. And Robert, I told you we were going to play it, but we are just worried about since we don't have the rights to that, that our podcast will get flagged and taken down. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link in our comments or in the description of the podcast where people could go and they could actually click on that and listen to uh, Charlie Daniels saying the Red Skelton version of the Pledge of Allegiance. And it was really good. If you haven't heard it, it's, it, really it's pretty awesome. And yeah. I wish we could play it. I just don't want to deal with the hassle of the podcast being taken down, reposting right. it, mm-hmm. skewing our numbers and all that nonsense so that would be a disaster yes, wouldn't it, it? Would. Yeah. thanks yeah, when you listen to that and you remember red skelton and his tv show it dates you it shows you how old you are and then that pledge of allegiance talked about having 48 states and i'm like yeah. wait a minute i'm not that old you know it, it's it's kind of funny because i re- yeah when they played that it, that yeah. got me too dave and yeah. then i was glad they it's went like, back and said and then we added two states later obviously you know to get to the 50 because yeah, i think Hawaii was 1950, I want to say, or was it Alaska? It was I think, 1950. I think Alaska was last. Last, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, I, it made me look up the colors of the flag. Why are they red, white, and blue? And I just, for me, the red, I mean, obviously red is near and dear to my heart and the company colors and, and whatnot, but red is, well, if you just back up, According to custom and tradition, white signifies purity and innocence. Red is hardiness and valor. And blue signifies vigilance, perseverance, and justice. Wow. So, yeah, I never made that, that up. I don't know, but I, I, <laughs> it, it, I mean, really. it kind of makes me understand why the police lights are red and blue now. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That is cool. I never thought about that either. And I worked for. Yeah law enforcement for 10 years right i i just i don't even know what made me look at it i'm like oh that's pretty no but that's interesting it's like we don't ever take the time to slow down and really look into those kind of things that's been around for right since we were all yeah it's just how it is right yeah Yeah. amber you need to when you're speaking talking to the mic every time you look at brother dave we just lose you okay yeah so you can move you just gotta look with your eyes Right. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of colors, I was listening. There's a there's a podcast out and it's called Men in the Arena, which we all know is from <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt. It's actually a Christian men's podcast, but there was an episode. It's called My Wife Is Crazy, and then in parentheses, or it says Your Wife Is Crazy, and in parentheses it says So Are You, right? And they start talking about women speaking pink and men speaking blue because we always associate pink for women and blue for men, right? Do you know what you get when you combine those two colors? What color? <laughs> Start with the dad jokes, right? Brown. Brown. It's not a dad joke. Purple. Purple. Yeah. Do you know what purple, the the, the significance, significance of the color purple? Yeah, it's color for pancreatic cancer. Okay, well, not <laughs> this one's a little happier than that. <laughs> I have a happier. Hey, purple. Pur- I know that just because Squishy, our, yeah. our teammate here. Right? Gotcha. Well, not to downplay pancreatic cancer because that's serious, but purple is a color royalty. Oh, ah. yes, it is. So, that's why oh. Crown Royal comes in a purple mm-hmm. bag. There you go. Oh, yeah, you see? That's good. It's all yeah. relative. And do you know why? Huh. Why? Because purple was originally derived from a type of mollusk in the Mediterranean Ocean that 
created the color purple when they would grind it up and it was super hard to make and it was super rare to find fishermen would go out and fish for this this creature just to make the color purple and it was worn by the pharaohs by the royalty in the roman times it was i mean no commoner had purple it was only found in the royal so uh, it was courts. special if you had it because it was so hard to make mm-hmm. and so hard to find and wow. they only got it from one little creature that lived in the mediterranean that's wild that is wild mm-hmm. that is crazy by the way anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of jfw it's just our opinion episode 71 had 704 downloads in its first week wow right awesome. we've at we're at twenty seven thousand five hundred two downloads and we now have 169 followers that makes me so Yay. happy very cool right so what what's the number there jim when are you when are you going to be satisfied with followers is that 200 uh 250 a no. thousand i mean there's, there's more, more is better more yeah is better. more is better i mean i think 250 would be significant because of the amount of listens we got right now you know i feel like that would yeah. increase it quite a bit but 704 downloads in one week that's a new record that's the most listens in a week. The previous record was 609 downloads, so almost 100 more in a week. And that was uh, Lauren Nahara's podcast, right, which is now at 708 total. So this podcast is just far away from being all-time, and it's only been on a week. Not to take away from Lauren, because I got to tell you, Lauren's podcast, I think, launched us into more listeners and more followers and stuff like that. That that episode actually helped us build up to where we're at today. I but, agree. Mm-hmm. Man, if we could keep that going, that would be amazing. I mean, Al Fry, that was a you know, pretty I will say high profile guest for our podcast. Yeah, you know what I mean? We've it was had a good one, though. we've had Amber on before, we've had state troopers, we've had Linda, we've had JR, we've had drivers, we've had uh Salesman. you know, local cops, we've had other guys in the industry come on, you know, so it's just growing and it just makes me happy. So And I think it's up oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Amber. I think it's good for the variety. You know, because you never know really what people specifically want to hear in a general area. Um, But it is good. Obviously, you want to keep it pertaining to JFW and and stuff like that, but also broadening the horizon and more people. You know, you've got one person that talks about, you know, uh, like this cop. He talked about a whole bunch of stuff, uh, you know, pertaining to legalities for drivers. Mm -hmm. So it broadens the horizon of the other. They'll say, hey, I'm on the podcast, and then it just kind of trickles down the line. They right. tell their buddies, they tell their buddies, and uh, and it just spreads. And that's kind of what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes me wonder if our, our tailgate stickers have gotten any traction. You know, I yeah. wish I, mean, I wish we could put our finger on where the listens come from. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but, the, I mean, it's how to help. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've actually had a guy on uh, social media send me a picture of a rock tub. He was behind, and he's like, ah, oh, Channel 23 in the streets. Oh, oh, funny. Cool. Yeah, that so, is cool. So it is getting some I mean, attention. people see it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just worried about this getting so big, it takes more time away. Because my wife, she already misses me. <laughs> but her aim's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> that was dad joke slash gun fun. <laughs> You're double dipping now, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Get crazy. Killing two birds with one stone. All right, I'm going to jump right in there because 
Mine's not really a dad joke. As a matter of fact, I hope it's not offensive here. But oh, I can't wait. Do any of you know how to spot the blind guy at a nudist colony? Hmm. Oh, man. Boy, that's a tough one, Dave. Uh, it's not hard. <laughs> because of his white stick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> was a good answer uh no i don't know i'm kind of intrigued already, no he's already gave the answer it's yeah. not hard. is that ember's blushing oh good gosh now you said joanne needed a fan i need a fan uh, oh, did you guys not hear the punchline it's so subtle right it, it had to I, be though right yeah i was busy talking it's not so. hard <laughs> awkward silence it's not hard it's not hard, not well, hard at all I'm going to jump in there. <laughs> this is a dad bring us, joke. Bring us out of the gutter. Absolutely. Boy. And you know, I love my dogs. So this is a dog joke. Nice. Why aren't dogs good dancers? Because they don't have enough sticks to play with? What? Nope. <laughs> it's because they have two left feet. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one, That Dave. is. That was a cute one. All right, Amber, you're up. Okay, so I hope you guys all had your breakfast because it's getting a little. Okay, so why is diarrhea hereditary? Runs through your genes. No, it's, no, you can't take genes. my answer. It's in your genes. Come on. <laughs> yep, that was it. And I thought that was good. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get that one. Somebody gets the I answer, know. doesn't it? We're, yeah. we're yeah, boys, Amber. We know all the poop in your pants dang jokes. It. <laughs> it may bring the person down, but it lifts me up. What about you had one from Emilio? What's yes. That one? So, Emilio, my son, he's eight and he's quite the character. He knows a whole bunch of like little dad jokes and he makes some up too we were laying in bed the other day and he goes mom he's like what do you call a bear with no teeth gummy bear yeah gummy bear. <laughs> oh, man. i was like oh hope you're proud of yourself dave i know <laughs> killed us both amelia i had a pleasure meeting amber's family at church a couple weeks ago and Emilio's a little gentleman he held the door open for Every single kid that was going into like the kids ministry and wouldn't wouldn't he would just he waited. Yeah, nice. He waited. That's yeah. very he waited cool. for all the parents yeah. and all the kids yeah. and that's a lost art these days. Very mm-hmm. polite. You know, I mean very polite young man. Yeah. 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 Good he job. Is. To, we try to teach him manners and, you know, do the right thing. Good job right to way. good job to you and Jesse. Thank Absolutely. you. Raising Thank them you. right. All right. New employees. We got Joseph Mondragon. Arturo Mendoza, George Quintana, and Jose Flores. Welcome to the fleet, you guys. Mm -hmm. Celebrations, anniversaries. We got Benny Gonzalez hits three years tomorrow. Congratulations, Benny. Benny. Nice job, Benny. Birthdays, we got Luis Rivera and Jim White's birthday is today. Oh, man, I feel dumb. I was just texting back and forth with Jim and <laughs> didn't even wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jim. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday, Jim. Happy birthday, brother happy Luis birthday. and yeah. Alonzo. And then Alonzo Rangel, his birthday is on the 16th tomorrow. Yes, and we still have gifts up in the office for them Oh, to come get. I'll give it to them. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. Family birthday celebrations. We got Kim Murr. And that's Manny V's significant other. Her birthday's today. What's pretty cool is we got a card already from Kim. She must have got her a gift 
early. And uh, she says, with special thanks, this extra special thank you note sent to you today holds more appreciation than any words can say. For you're among the nicest people I have ever known, and you'll never be forgotten for the thoughtfulness you've shown. Thanks for everything. Thank you all for the birthday wishes, Kim. So that's that's awesome, man. Thank that you. That is Kim. very nice. Kim. Yep. That's a lost art, too. Uh, actually, we have quite a bit of wives send thank yous. They in. do, yeah. A lot of them, I think, you know, appreciate that. Because it's not, not many companies you work for that do stuff like that for the family members. Right. You know. Yep. Shout outs. Gene Freeman wants to give a shout out. He says he was hoping we could throw a shout out to 001 John for helping me change out of mud flap. Even at yard, even at the yard, two sets of hands make it much easier and quicker for work to be done. And that's true. If you got somebody just holding the back, of, you know, the, that that back nut with a wrench, I mean, it's right makes all the difference. Um, Johnny Beret says, "Hey Jam, please give a shout out to Casey and Kendrick." They helped me change my mud flaps yesterday. It was like a pit stop change, in and out fast, less than 10 minutes. I think I just want to tell them thank you and really appreciate all they do for us. So, Very cool. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So if you ever do need to change a mud flap, don't be scared to ask for help because it'll help you and you being done faster helps us. Absolutely. Whether it gets your truck out of the way or gets you running quicker or it ain't no big deal for us to give you a hand. Big Country, this guy's too much. Actually, he's just enough. He's perfect. <laughs> so Big Country, he actually has bought us these dad joke books and a box of jokes and stuff like that. Yesterday, he starts handling uh, Brother Dave, Super Dave, myself. He has one for Jim or two for Jim. He got us shirts, and uh, the shirts are like dad joke related. Mine says rock, paper, and then scissors is crossed out, and it says gun. So it says rock, paper, rock, paper, gun, I win. Personalized them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then these guys got some cool shirts. So thank you, Big Country. And he said, the shirts are from Jackie and Big Country. Thank you for making us laugh so much, even if they're not that funny. We enjoy the podcast, and so does our family. Thank you, Joanne, for getting us the sizes. So Aww. very cool. That was yeah, special. thank you, everyone. Yeah. And then let me go ahead and read this shout out from John Moore. He sent this to Jim, and it says, Good morning, Jim. I want to give a shout-out to all the drivers that delivered to Gross Reservoir. I had a gentleman come up to me when I was fueling at Costco and explain that he was a load operator at Gross Reservoir, and he always very much appreciated seeing the JFW trucks pulling in because of professionalism that the driver showed at all times while on site. Awesome job, JFW family. John Moore. Very cool. Nice. Very nice. You guys alive today? Everybody good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. You know, that's a big deal when we go to any customer's property, um, job site, plant, that we conduct ourselves in that professional manner because so many of these drivers you run into out there don't. You know, they their tarps don't work. They're, they don't put their PPE on when they get out of the, the truck. They park in an inappropriate place and so having that uh foresight and that you know composure for our drivers to go out there and do that in such a professional way and show these other companies that we mean business and we do it the right way that's amazing 
That's mm-hmm. just great. Good job, you guys. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into some discussion items. Uh, Randy and Dustin, so Randy Hogue and Dustin Romero, they're competing in the backyard bar- barbecue on Sunday. This is at the Merck or the Mercantile. The address is 4340 County Road 66 in Mead, 80504. It's on the <laughs> southeast side of I-25 and Highway 66, east of the John Deere, east of the John Deere dealership. It's from 1 p.m. to 4.30. The judging is at 3. You can come and try the barbecue and vote for your favorite, Dustin and Randy. Awards are given out at 4.30. So, I don't know. I think these guys have a shot. So oh, yeah, for sure. I nickname Randy, Randy Ribs, because he... Oh, man, his ribs are... Right? He makes fire ribs. Yes, I mean, they are is. just not necessarily fire. They're just so good, but... They're awesome. He made a mango habanero ribs the other day I mean, huh. let me try one i've never had a mango habanero yeah they're were they spicy though no they were actually sweet like they were sweet and yeah tangy? yeah but so good so tender so delicious so i think he's got a shot dustin's making a dessert and dustin's been working in the office for about probably the last four or five weeks mm-hmm. and i'd say maybe three of those weeks he's brought in some kind of dessert that he smoked on his, on his, yeah, yeah like it, yeah, pineapple, pineapple upside down yeah, cakes, I was man. Say yeah. that one. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was good. So I think these guys got a shot. I think there's a meatloaf involved, and you get to try, you get to try other people's barbecue as well. But I'd still vote for Dustin and Randy. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. They're doing that. Dustin came upstairs and told us that they were doing that. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, way to get involved in, yeah, right. Something. It'll be good <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we had a. Uh, Last week on the podcast, we had had uh, one of our drivers got into an accident making a right-hand lane change, which we just been talking about and talking about and talking about for months. We actually have a campaign coming out pretty quick called Safety Has No Blind Spot, and we brought that, we brought that up last week, and then the kid quit because we talked about it on the podcast. Dave, do you want to chime yeah. in on that a little bit? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm the one that... that- kind of harped on it last week and you know what what he doesn't understand and and i'm i'm just singling you know this person out and what we need to share with all the rest of the listeners is when we renew our insurance that insurance company comes out and they sit down and they fold open this book and they go over every single accident that we've had right and we tell everyone we need to be defendable we only hire defendable drivers. We, we have to be defendable in court. And to be defendable, you can't have repetitive issues. We had five accidents last year that were all right-hand lane changes. Well, we've already had one this year now. That was our first one for the year, even though I'm calling it our season. And what I mean by that is our insurance renews in June. So we've had several this, this uh, recordable season as such, right? If you look at it that way, not just year to date. But my point is when you sit there and your insurance agent looks at you and goes, Hey, Dave, Jim, this is a problem. What are you guys doing about this? How come, how come you can't get this under control? You know? And I, I just sit there and I sink lower and lower and lower and lower in my chair. And it, it puts a lump in my throat. It puts a knot in my stomach and it, it, you feel like, what are you doing wrong? What have we done wrong? Why can't we solve this? Why can't we fix this? You know, and and ultimately, 
we can't ride with every person, right? We, we can't sit there in the passenger seat. You know, when anyone who watches a NASCAR race, every one of those drivers have a spotter, right? They're sitting there with binoculars watching that car <laughs> right. go around the track and <laughs> right. they tell them to pass. And when they're clear, they go clear. And that car cuts back over, right? Well, when you're watching that on TV, they don't show that. They don't talk about that. You're just like, ah, oh, that guy cleared that car by six inches at 200 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. How's that possible? Because they have a spotter. We don't have spotters. We are solely dependent on that driver. doesn't matter who it is. Man, woman, doesn't matter. And you just have to be 110% positive that you are clear in that situation. And, you know, like Jam said, and we talked about it last week, we have a campaign that's coming out. We're just waiting on some items to show up. It's going to be a almost like a promissory note that you're going to sign when, like when you bought your, bought your house or a car. And you sign your life away on it. And it's, it is that important to us. And I guess I was a little disappointed, you know, and, and it's always rumor and speculation, but I had heard that, you know, the minute this guy listened to the podcast on Wednesday, the accident was Tuesday. It was fresh in my mind. So I spoke about it Wednesday on the podcast and he quit Wednesday night after the podcast came out and didn't come in Thursday and said he quit because we didn't have his back. Well, if we didn't have his back, we would have fired him. Right. The minute the accident happened, we would have called him in and fired him. Right. And again, what a lot of people don't understand, the liability that's out there, we hit this person, we damage their car. It's going to be thousands in repairs. Right. But the hiccup is every other commercial you watch on TV is, have you been hit by a big truck? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you been hit by, I mean, the latest commercial I've seen, this old guy sitting there and he goes, Frank Azar got me $947,000 because that dump truck, and he specified dump truck, I've mm-hmm. seen that one. didn't know this was a double left turn. You know, well, number one, they're in a left turn. It couldn't have been that bad. They, it's not like they were going 60 miles an hour the in the dump truck. Them. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you guys, the liability that's out there, and I guess I'm a little disappointed that that driver quit, you know, and. We even tried to reach out to him. JR tried to reach out to him. A couple other people did just to sit down and have the conversation of, hey, we have your back. Right. We need to take this as a training moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and how we teach people is by discussing things. Every driver listening to this podcast, you know, and we've been mentioning mentioning it constantly on the radio. Hey, check that blind spot. Think about it when you change lanes. Change lanes slowly. You know, we talk about when they change lanes fast. If they hit that car that's in their blind spot, they do what the police do to a car they're chasing, and it's called a pit maneuver. And they take the ass into that car and scoot it sideways, and pretty soon that car shoots out going the wrong direction down the interstate. It is not good. And I, I just I can't emphasize enough how much liability we have and you have as the driver. You know, we've had drivers here that we've had accidents in the years past. I just heard Super Dave telling the story. You know, we had uh, Ed Ritter that worked here years and years ago. I think he retired here after 15 years. And uh, he had an accident that, that was, it was kind of an ugly rear ender. You have up to 36 months to file a lawsuit after the accident. Well, at like two years and 11 and a half months, they filed a lawsuit. And Colorado changed their laws probably pushing a decade ago now, the way, the way time flies. But he was sued personally as well. Right. JFW was sued and that driver was sued because Colorado has changed their laws. And that's where you need to be defendable. We can't have this, you know, on your record. We can't have these things. And it is nothing more than looking closer, taking that second, third, fourth look. It's knowing before you change lanes that you know you need to change lanes. 
and you're focused on the vehicles coming up. You know, it's really scary. We have all the nice weather starting and motorcycle season yeah. is upon us. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk to Ray Ray about driving around cars while he's on a scooter and I'm sure he can tell you a story or 50. So it's just, it's so important. You know, I want everyone to know we have their back. We had this guy's back. He just never even gave us the opportunity to give it to him. I would like to say he didn't have our back, right? Yeah, right. He didn't live up to the creed, right? Number one, he didn't face and overcome. Right. Number two, he wasn't accident free. He wasn't accountable for his words or actions because he just bailed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, he wasn't JFW material. If you're going to have an accident and be mad at us for having an accident, <laughs> yeah. right. there's something be- because wrong. Because we spoke about it right. trying to educate everyone else. Right, Jim? Right. Just so you know, when you have an accident here, we have a thing called the safety committee. You sit with the safety committee, which is made up of your peers. There's drivers in there, experienced drivers. There's some safety directors. There's some leaders in there. But it's not just a boss telling you you messed up, right? We review the accident, talk about what you could have did differently, and figure out ways to let other people know how not to do the same thing, you know? And we move on. We move forward. We face and overcome. He did none of those things, right? you know? So maybe there was a little bit more to it. And honestly, watching the video, the thing that sticks out in my mind right before he had the accident there was a white car that changed lanes in front of him. I mean, it would be strong words to say that car cut him off because he didn't have to hit his brakes. The car was accelerating away from him. Right. And he throws his hands up and shakes his head like, you know, that Just, guy's a maniac. Right. And then two okay. seconds later, changes lanes into another car. So, I don't know. Maybe we're better off. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be, Jim. I feel like it wasn't a specific attack on him either. You know, he could have and took that as a learning experience as well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, you own you own your mistake, you to right? Own it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if every time I made a mistake, I quit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, w- I would have quit thirty times. How can you survive that way? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the low road today, you guys, but it was just an excuse. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had other plans all the whole time. Okay. I can meet you down there on the low road, Dave, or we'll try to lift you up. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of the podcast, we're rocking and rolling. singing for him. Might lift him up. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Next on the list, one-on-one. So everyone knows we were doing the culture meetings probably about four to six weeks in of a new uh, person's career here at JFW. You would meet with the brothers, myself, and Super Dave. We have changed that up. We start, well, I'm, I'm actually doing them. I might need some help from some other leaders, but right now I'm doing them. I'm meeting with drivers right at their first week. As soon as they're done with their first week of training, I'm going to meet with them. And every two weeks, we just want to know sooner if we could be better. We don't want to wait four to six weeks. We want to know right away if there's a problem, if we could be doing something better to make somebody's experience more enjoyable here. So right. that's new. That's awesome. Uh, we are getting busier. All early offs need to be put in Paycom if you cannot work until we're finished, even if you need to leave at 4 o'clock. What that means is, you know, it's been a pretty tough winter. You know, if you had plans and you need to be off by 4, you'd probably bet ten grand that you would be off before that time. With us getting busier and the plants being open till 4 and the need for material you know, when we go to send somebody to a pit at 315 and they're like, oh, I can't do it. I need to be off early. We didn't know about that. It really screws up the logistics for us and we can't go haul that last load. So Absolutely. if you need to be off early, just put it in Paycom. 
and we'll take care of it. Okay. Uh, next on the list, <clears throat> so in Samsara, we had the following distance alerts set up to one second or less, meaning if you were a second or less behind another vehicle going over 55 miles an hour for more than 30 seconds, you would get an alert, and we would get an alert that you're following too close. We've increased that to one and a half seconds, and oh my gosh, it's like <laughs> it's like we... But we're actually yeah. cutting them a half a second slack on that, right? No, no, no. It's it's you need more following distance. You'll get an alert sooner now, right? It went from one second to one and a half seconds. So more drivers are getting alerts, and the drivers that were getting them at one second surely are getting them a second and a half. So we've been getting a lot of alerts on that. And sitting next to JR and listening to him have to explain to drivers that they need to back off more to a second and a half is ridiculous because you need four seconds of following distance. Not one and a half, not one, four seconds. So if you're complaining about getting an alert at one and a half seconds, you're still not where you need to be. You need to be even further back than that. So give JR a break and just back off. There's no reason to be so close to somebody. I always say pretend your family is in the car in front of you. How, how close do you want a big truck behind your family? Yeah. Is it true that that alert doesn't um, kick in until 30 seconds? 30 so they seconds. have 30 seconds to just hit the brakes a little bit and, and back off, right? Yeah. If a car comes, let's say you're going down the road and you're doing 65 and a car takes your following distance away, you got 30 seconds to, to back off and let, give that car some space. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks, but we're professionals. We're the, we're the ones with commercial driver's licenses. We're the professionals on the road. We're going to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Back off. I'm not a driver, but I feel like I would appreciate that if I was, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you could be you know focused on your mind somewhere, but you get that alert, and it's letting you know ahead of time. Like, I wouldn't want to run into somebody. Like, I would be thankful I'm getting an alert. Right. You know, or just the driving distance. I laugh because it, if you just look at it literally, Jam, mm -hmm. it costs you half a second. Yeah, but it half a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Half a second. You can't give up half a second today? Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So. Yeah, you're not getting anywhere faster. If you have an accident, it's going to slow you down. Yeah. You kill somebody, I, mm -hmm. your, your career is over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. right? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of risk. Yeah, we're, we're promoting you to be safer. We're asking you to be safer. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything that we do is asking to be better, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's the whole thing. I just sat here while you were talking about it, Jam, and I put my stopwatch on my phone, and I tried to hit start and stop as fast as I could to see where, where I would come in in half a second. What is half a second, right? Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, after like five attempts, I got it. I could hit it start and stop within a quarter second, 0.25. Huh. So we're talking double that. I mean, as fast right. as you could tap your phone twice is right. is mm. half a second. Mm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not it's a like lot. This. Yeah. Right. I, I think at 55 exactly. miles yeah. an hour, I bet you that's like 20 feet. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, you're already that. too close at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and then if you don't know how to measure your following distance, ask us because there's drivers out there. I hear them telling JR, well, I was two truck lengths behind that vehicle. And it's like, <laughs> that, that means nothing. I right. mean, it if does, you're doing five miles an hour, you could get closer. Right. <laughs> you could be I mean? on his ass, right. right? On that truck's ass at five miles an hour. Yeah, mm -hmm. but if you're doing 72, 
two truck lengths is not enough. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I want to clarify, on your ass is still mm. being able to see that vehicle's wheels on the ground in front of you. Right. If you're closer than that and you can't see the wheels on the ground of the vehicle in front of you, you're too close. Even if you're stopped mm. at an intersection, a light, you should always be able to see the wheels of the vehicle in front of you, the tires on the ground. Mm. So... All right, yard speeds and or speeds in the yard. So we have a five mile an hour yard speed here and at the West Yard or Yard Twenty Three. Excuse <laughs> me, I don't know if I'll ever stop saying the West Yard. I agree, Jim. But that's not just in the JFW trucks. That's in your personal vehicles. So the other day we had a guy running late, happened to be a trainer. His trainee's here. I seen him pulling the yard, and I was like, "Who is that?" And then I saw who it was. I'm like, "Oh yeah, he was late." You know, but you gotta you gotta do five miles an hour. You know, it's right. just too There's quick. There's a lot of us walking out there too, or like Mikey and great you know, point, Amber. Or, exactly. You know, especially that time of the morning, Amber. Yeah, I mean, and it's dark. You've you got know, 75 guys getting in their trucks, parking their cars, pulling in and out. Trucks coming in, cars coming in. Trucks well, going it can out. be chaos. Well, a lot of the guys that were on time already left. Shots fired, right? Right. But you're right, Amber. And we used to we've done this a few times here, Amber, where we'll line up the fleet. You know, we'll just all stand in a line and we'll have somebody come by at five miles an hour and everyone, you know, they'll hold the line, but it's like, okay, then we'll have a truck come by at 10 miles an hour and every single person on that line will take a step back Mm because it's scary. I think the last time I was on the podcast, you guys were talking about that. I'm like, well, what is it that you, what are you guys talking about? Uh, You know, Okay. but yeah, that's, that's interesting. And it's good to do that because it kind of puts that reality check, Sure. you know? How quickly things could happen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We should do that. We should. I want to, I've never seen it happen. I kind of like to. We just got to wrangle everybody up right. to do it. We used to have, so we used to have driver's meetings every Wednesdays, and that's when we would do it. But now, since COVID, we haven't, we haven't had meetings really. We've had a couple. Handful. Now we have a podcast that we can talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, do you find that people found that helpful or that they. Oh, I think so many of them found it eye-opening yeah i mean it was they were wowed by it amber because when you're when you're standing there 36 inches from something that goes by at five miles an hour and then something that goes by at 10 yeah and that it is especially that size our demonstration we did with a big truck Mm -hmm. so you're standing on the ground and then you have the big truck come by i don't know five feet away from you i mean we we line people up pretty close yeah Keep that in mind when you're going through a construction zone too, everybody, because yeah. mm-hmm. those poor people are out there just going to work every day and they're yep. putting their, their lives on the line because people are in too much of a hurry to slow down in that construction zone. Right. Yeah. You My, know, when, when I see that sign, it says 35, I go like 15, mm-hmm. you know, I, I slow way down because I know I'm in a big truck and these people are on the ground with their sign. And they don't need that, you know. And it's isn't it funny, Dave? You just create a backup behind you. Everybody is just on your butt. I'm the same way. I slow down slower than that. Way slower. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? You know what's right below the sign where it says caution construction zone 35? You know what's directly under that or the next sign, right? No. Fines doubled for speeding and construction oh, mm-hmm. zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they yeah, don't I screw think- around. I mean, if you're five miles an hour over, they're going to ticket you. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, and they should. They should. I mean, those people, how many. I forget there were statistics here a while back, but all the construction that was going in Colorado and they went over like the last decade of how many people have been killed from people driving through those construction zones carelessly and killing the construction workers. And it was it was a mind-boggling number. I don't remember what it is. I should 
you know, if I get a minute, I'll look it up for next week's podcast. But it was crazy. My fiance works out. And he does, like, it's not construction, but, I mean, you can consider it construction because they're digging holes and putting in, like, fiber optic lines. I can't tell you how many times I'll come home and he tells me that they'll have the flaggers out there and people just, either one, don't care. They speed, and they've almost got a couple encounters where they've almost had their arms hit. Or people are distracted. I believe it. And mirror off towards them. You know, you know? It's a good segue because the next thing on our list is phone use. Mm -hmm. And so many people are distracted by phone use. And, you know, whether everybody knows it or not, we've been having Dustin in here for for the last couple months. And he sat down and been going through video just looking at stuff. And our phone usage is a problem. We've got a lot of drivers that have figured out how to hide it from the cameras. And it's not good. It is not good. Number one, it's illegal. Number two, it's against company policy. Number three, it is just plain out not safe. I mean, we had an incident here two weeks ago or maybe pushing three the way time flies. But we had a driver call and go, hey, I just had a close call. I should get an accommodation for avoiding that accident. Well, when we reviewed the video, the reason he almost had the accident because he was looking at his phone. And then avoided the accident. And it's like, you'd have never even been in that position if you weren't looking at your phone. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it is, I, I just can't explain it enough. I mean, it's like that right-hand lane change. You just can't do it, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's, it's so tempting, right? You get a text, oh, who texted me? Whatever the case may be. I get it, but you need to have that self-awareness, self-restraint. You're, you're, just, you're putting your lives and everyone else's at jeopardy. You know, we've talked about it a couple times already, but think of you and your family if you were to have an accident and we have the footage that you were on the phone, because the minute whoever we would hit and hurt find out we have cameras, they're going to ask for the footage mm-hmm. and instantly, they, and instantly. They, they do. And guess what? Mm-hmm. We are not defendable because you were on your phone. You just, you just, man, we have all these places we start and stop. Rarely do we have a run that is generally more than an hour. I know fair play pushes two hours, but... The majority of our runs are under an hour or at an hour, right? So you have to avoid that communication for 60 minutes on the outside, right? Unless you're running fair play. And you you just need to tell that person, you know, you ha- everyone should have Bluetooth and hands-free. And call that person that's texting you and go, hey, I can't reply right now. I'm driving. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just, it, you just have to have that restraint and that respect almost. You just have to respect your family, because I tell you what, if you have an accident and you're at fault, you are going to get sued as well as us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... And it's frustrating, I mean, just is. to see, you know, on my days off, or not even on my days off, on the way here, just looking over to the car next to me and someone just in their phone, just yeah. on it, just because yeah. they have a couple seconds. I guarantee you, Amber, every single driver here gets frustrated at the four-wheeler who's sitting at a light in front of them when the light turns green and they don't go because they're on their phone. Mm -hmm. So why should you be any different if you're on the phone driving and you drift off to the shoulder or you drift into the other lane or you almost, you know, are almost rear end somebody because you're not paying attention or whatever. If you're going to hold that bar and talk the talk, you need to walk the walk. Boy, that that just chaps my hide. Have you ever, and this has happened to everybody, let's just say you're like, five cars back at the light 
Yeah. And you see the light change. You're you're waiting patiently, and the light changes, and then that first car, the pole position, doesn't move, right? Mm-hmm. And you know exactly what they're doing. They're finishing that text, yeah. right? Yeah. And then everybody starts to go, and and people gas on it usually, but then you miss the light. I know yeah. because you're the guy that was five or six cars back, mm-hmm. right. and otherwise you would have made it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yep. boy, yep. does that get it's you. frustrating. It's all yeah. the time. I mean, just last night, Dave going home. I went down 56 <laughs> almost to Dahlia before Vasquez there. And I pull up at the red light, the car in front of me, the light turns green, they don't go anywhere. I was actually chill last night because usually I'm prepared. I, I'm to the point anymore, I honk instantly. If the mm-hmm. light's green and you don't right, go, go, you're on the phone. Right, get off your phone, go. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to wait for you to look at the light. I'm going to honk, so you go. And I actually sat there, and I would tell you, I, I sat there for at least five seconds. And then I'm like, ah. and there were two people in the car. Two people, so neither of them were looking at the light. Right. So I give it a tap on the horn, and uh, nothing happens. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then a car goes by in the left lane, and finally I honked again, and they both looked up, and we went. And I thought, wow, what was what was what so was great it? on that phone? Right, right. What yeah. what else were they doing? Right. Uh, it you was know. phone. Yeah, you yeah. can tell when they're smoking pot or doing whatever. <clears throat> oh my god! So it's my so Garmin, I got a Garmin 45, or I don't know what it is, but it tells you when the traffic is moving out of you. <laughs> it tells you what traffic is moving. Like if you were sitting there, I don't don't ask me how I know this, but if, <laughs> if you were, if you were stopped and traffic is moving and you're not, like if the cars are pulling away from you, oh wow, it's like traffic is moving. Oh <laughs> wow, damn, that's what cool. Are, how, and how long does it take before that notifies you? Uh, pretty much, pretty quick. Really, like that almost cool. instantly, yeah, like, huh? It's almost as quick as you're honking at me. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, but it empowers people to sit there and do what they're not supposed to be doing. Really, and I'm guilty. If I'm stopped, I mean, I'm I'm that person. You know, I I do look up, but if I'm stopped, my foot's on the brake. You know, I might be texting yeah. or looking. But uh, you know, if you're texting and driving to me, that's just pretty selfish, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not more important than somebody's life. Yeah, pull over and stop. Yeah, and that's I don't know how people do text and drive. Because it's hard to focus like that. How do you focus like that? It's almost I impossible. It, and there's so many cars on the road now. Like, I, I don't know how they, there's not more accidents than there already is. I don't know how is. your eyes are, but my <sighs> eyes can't read the text. No, I can't either. Through. If I don't Me have too, my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm blind. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. awful. But, yeah, you know, speaking on, on the whole, see, if there was an accident, so when I used to work for law enforcement, we get the property damage accidents all the time. People got into a little collision, whether it be small or big. That's the first thing they will pull is your phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First thing. And to verify that, to see if it was because you weren't paying attention. And if it was ever a, a discrepancy on who was at fault, usually they'll go towards the phone. I was, this is a little off subject, but I was watching Dateline the other night uh-huh. um, with my wife. And we tuned into it because it was a story about Colorado. It mm-hmm. was a story about a murder in Boulder. I watched that one, Dave. Yeah, I caught it and too. So we keyed up because, I mean, that's I live in Lafayette. It's like five minutes away yeah. from Boulder County. You yeah, know? I thought guns were illegal and murders illegal in Boulder. And uh, they pulled these <laughs> phone records. They could tell the guy that they were watching. Um, <laughs> When his phone moved and yes. when it stopped, oh, wow. for how long? That was how they found the body. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, "Whoa, they can figure all that out." There's a lot that they what, can figure your out. Your phone with the is phones. watching you. Oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah, all the yeah. time. 
Yeah, you could turn all that tracking stuff off in your phone so it doesn't do that. This way you could get away with it. I, I that way you could get away with it. Yeah. Well, that, you, you might turn it off, but they could go in from a back door or something. Oh. What year was that murder? A couple years ago. 2018, oh, wow. I want to. It was Recent. five years old. It was five Recent. years old. Okay, yeah, yeah. Man, <clears throat> my sister had a friend, Sergey. He, uh, he put his, he had a Corvette. He put it for sale on Craigslist. Guys came up, shot him right in his driveway. Took wow. the car. We just took it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Boulder's dangerous. Yeah, Boulder's gotten bad, though. They really have. Yeah. About the, the crime rate. There's not there enough anyways. concealed carry people up there, Jim. That's true. There's not. You should move to Boulder. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> Can't conceal carry there? Nope. Wow. I mean, yeah, you were on, you were on a hike yeah, up there. I, went, uh, I, I hiked, yeah. uh, what is it, uh, the Flatirons. Mm-hmm. And I came down, and I kind of had like a dry fit shirt on. But I had my pack with my belt covering everything. But when I got down off the hill, I kind of unbuttoned everything. You know, my my weapon was still covered. And um, <clears throat> the uh, game warden was there. There was two game wardens there, and uh, or Colorado Division and Parks and Wildlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CTW. Yeah, they had a, a table set up with uh, a bear, a bear skull, a bear hide, like claws and stuff like that. And I had Bell. I was like, Oh, Belly, you want to go? learn about bears and as soon as i walked up there was you know a young lady you know officer and then there was buff right <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as i walked bu- walked up buff was like can i talk to you over here for a minute i'm like ah. wow i was like yeah he's like do you have a place to lock your firearms up in your car i'm like i don't lock firearms up in cars they get stolen in cars mm-hmm. he's like well you you know, you can't have a gun here. And I'm just like, okay. He's like, I have a trained eye. I'm like, okay. Like, I have a dry fit shirt on. And I was cool, like, but now I'm not, you know. <laughs> now I'm not. <laughs> now I'm a little salty. Yeah. You know, and he ended up being kind. He's like, well, I'm not going to make a big deal about it, but you got to go lock that up. I'm like, we're done. We're, we're, yeah, we're, leaving. We're, we're leaving. He's like, yeah. oh, okay. He's like, and I went to shake his hand. And he's like, I don't shake hands when I'm on duty. I'm like, what? I'm wow. like, all right, but as long as I'm not going to jail, see you later. Mm-hmm. Oh, but his point was, he's like, yeah, you're in Boulder County, and you cannot have a firearm on you in Boulder County at all. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. That's crazy. That was the point I was trying to make. Yeah, that's just that is crazy. Yeah, and I should have known but better. The criminals I mean, do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so. We just have an antiquated system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. You know, just because you're talking about rules that people would never know, mm-hmm. right? Because unless you specifically look right? something up, how would you know? It's that? just not posted anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mikey got his updates, some updates for hunting, I think, mm-hmm. and he happened to mention to me, and I know tons of people. They go antler scavenging, right? You go in Sh- hikes and shed hunting. Yeah, shed hunting, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, and did you know it was illegal to pick those up? Certain times of the year. January 1st to April 30th. Why? Uh, Do we know because why? the other animals eat them because of the protein and hmm. the other things that they, they have in them that they can't get from the forest huh. the rest mm. of the time of the year. I'm good right? with that. So good, okay. good protein, all that, but... Where's that sign, Jim? Where's that put? How would you know that? Oh, gotcha. I would be the guy. Like yeah. I found 
you that know, guys, look what I got. Yeah, Can exactly. Acting, right? You know, mm-hmm. a, a couple halves of a of a rack or something. I'd be excited when DPW or CPW is walking up to me. I'd be like, "Hey, look what, what I found!" I'd like, "Yeah, step over the vehicle." So I take <laughs> be like, "What?" You know, I would be proud. Like, look what I found. Honestly, Dave, if you were like, "Man, I was just out antler scavenging," he'd probably be like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you got to pass. You don't know what's going on." But some like the shed hunting is a big thing. Like it these is. guys will come out with with pounds and pounds. I mean, like 50, 60 pounds of right. handlers. You know what yeah. I mean? <clears throat> when I was tower climbing with uh, these guys at Idaho, we were uh, in Silverthorne, and we uh, we were on a job, and we were taking lunch, and one of these guys from Idaho was like, "I'm going shed hunting," and I'm like, "He's like, you want to go?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like. I'm going to go look for sheds. I'm like, oh, so you're going hiking. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, I'm going shed hunting. I'm like, okay. So I was like, I'm just going to eat my lunch. He came back with like four sheds. I'm like, wow. And turns out this dude's like the outdoorsman, like, you know, so he's got it all dialed in. Oh, he just he could just smell it. Like you yeah. know, a bolt's missing out of a tarp bracket. <laughs> he knows there's a shed, you know, under that tree around it. Like he just, yeah, he just. That's he's so that funny. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, it it is a huge, huge thing. When Jim and I got the honor to go down to uh, Rush Truck Center's private ranch there in Texas, yeah, you know, that's that's all. However many thousands of acres they have down there, but th- that's they've raised those animals. Yeah, it's right? called high fence. So when they have the their own bucks and they have so many cameras on site down there they'll follow those trophy bucks <laughs> right. and when they shed like if they see one on camera that has one just one antler the other, the other one hasn't fallen off yet they'll go back and mark where that was at they'll go find the one half and then they will continue to follow that buck so they get the other half oh, wow. i mean it is that big a deal but they had That's serious i mean they uh-huh. had a, a room there in that in that ranch house you know, probably at least half the size of this table, Jim, mm-hmm. just with a pile of antlers on the wow. ground. I mean, it was this, it was the size of this table, half wow. of it, with just antlers. Yeah, have you ever and seen like, like the, wow. antler, the antler chandeliers? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, cool. I've seen those. Yeah. 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 Very cool stuff. Yeah. Anything else cool happened down there at the Texas? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no? Uh, Jim That's got a follow, dear. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That, that was a pretty animal. Soup, you want to take uh, holes in liners? Sure. So we're very lucky. Um, not really, I guess. The drivers are lucky because for years, we didn't have a way to repair liners outside of taking them completely out of the trailer, cutting them into perhaps just uh, trying to use like giant conveyor belt repair hinges <laughs> right. and bolts and screws to, to screw these two halves together. And it didn't always work. It would break in the middle. Then you'd have this giant envelope that would catch tons of material. Literally. Literally, literally, literally tons. Tons. Um, the tra- your trailer, and this would always bother the drivers because they would have to pull somebody else's trailer. and They didn't have their trailer for minimum three days. Oh, yeah. Because you have to pull the liner out. You have to repair it. Then you have to put it back in. You have to weld the Z-strip on both sides from nose to tail. It is one hell of a huge job. Time-consuming team. And then, uh, you know, Mikey and Dave and, and the team found this plastic welder. So we can actually cut holes or sections, small pieces, one foot by two foot or two foot by two foot, and then... Um, piece them in like a jigsaw puzzle 
and then weld those with hot plastic. And it works like the bomb, you guys. It holds it. You don't have to remove the whole liner. It can be done in an afternoon or overnight. Uh, Mitch is uh, outstanding at doing that. He's a expert. He is a guru. And so that means that we can take a tiny little hole before it becomes two or three feet across and repair it overnight. That's awesome. And uh, so it's essential, though, that everybody tells, writes it up and actually talks to the mechanic and tells us about this before it gets too big. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, if you have a hole in your liner bigger than the size of your fit, well, if you have any hole, yeah. it Qu- needs fixed. Qu- yeah. mm-hmm. It needs fixed. And it's easier to repair it when it's the size of your thumb versus like the this. size of your fist or the size of a sheet of paper or bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just the sooner we know about it, the sooner we can jump on it and fix it. Yep. And it's an easier repair. I mean, it's just a tiny little hole is so fast to fix. Yeah. And the bigger it gets, the harder it is, the worse it is. So no help yourself out. Yep. Help our shop out. Yep. Let's fix that repair. I mean, we went out and we, we found the technology. It's finally been created. And we bought a $10,000 plastic welder. That's crazy. I mean, it is mind-boggling. This thing, it looks like something NASA should have when you fire it up. It's crazy. But it works amazing. And we, you know, we have the people here to repair it. We have the ability to repair it. We just need you to notify us that it needs repaired. Don't wait until, like Dave said, it's the, it's the size of a basketball hoop and it's, it's popped open like an envelope and it's catching all the material. Yeah. Yeah. It's just terrible. A lot of you guys or gals don't know the struggle of having a bad liner. Yeah. Because I don't. If your liner goes bad and we can't repair it right away and we don't have another trailer or something for you, else for you to use, you're stuck hauling material in that. Mm-hmm. We don't have you, liners. We no. don't have liners yeah. or, the, you know, if it's not a priority and there's other things more important, you're driving around with a bad liner that just traps all the material. Let me tell you, if you're hauling rock and you got to go switch the sand, you're not going to be happy. Same thing if you're hauling any other material. It's It's a pain in the butt to get it cleaned out, so... You know, one thing you could do before you even get a hole, and we've talked about this, is at your last stop of every day, put that trail in the air, get in between your tailgate and your trailer, and pull up on that liner, use a broomstick, whatever you got to do to get it in there, and shake that liner out if it's if it's loose enough to do so. Yeah. Some yeah. of those are pretty tight these days where you can't even do that, but right. I'd be checking. Absolutely. Yep. You know, I, I, I laugh, Jim, because I so many times at the end of the day you hear a driver call in, they're like, Dumped out, cleaned out, swept out over here at Plant 12 or Plant 2 or whatever. And right. I always wonder to myself, like... Friday 12. Are they? <laughs> right. Are they really? I know they're dumped out, but are they cleaned out and swept out? Right. You know, yeah, did, did we what? get in there and look for, for any, you know, debris or anything like that? So. Right. Yep. I hope so. I hope so, too. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I trust and believe, right? Yep. It's a means to an end. You take care of your liner, and it will take care of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well put, Dave. Next on the list, we got <clears throat> seven days notice for all time off requests. And what I'm talking about there is, again, we are getting busier this winter. You know, if you gave me two days notice, you needed to have a day off or leave early or something like that, I was pretty, you know, accommodating. But with us being busier, we got to tighten that back up. So if you're not giving seven days notice for a time off request, I'll still try to approve it. But if it's not looking good, you'll have to you'll have to understand why your time off request has been denied. So please give us plenty of notice. And then Chris Beam, he has a tip. He says all Simplot orders get JFW tickets instead of the pit ticket. 
this does not mean it's an hourly job. So just because you're filling out a JFW ticket doesn't mean it's an hourly job. Always attempt to get in touch with the contact before you leave the pit and always completely read the instructions in your axon because sometimes specialty golf loads can have very specific tonnages and other instructions. For example, I once had to dump half my load at one golf course, then drive a little ways to a dump to dump the other half. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just want to kind of clarify a little bit on it there, Jam. That okay. The, the JFW tickets is your hourly ticket book. Right. Mm-hmm. And Simplot has done this. I mean, we've worked for Simplot for a decade at least. They don't want their customers to see the pit ticket. And the reason why is then that customer would just circumvent Simplot and go, go direct to where the ticket is. Right. right. It's just like anyone, any driver here that's hauled all the materials we've hauled. If you go to Pioneer Landscape and you look at their their material bins, you know which one's Fry Rock, you know which one's Varro Rock, you know which one is right. Plat Sand. You we, know I, we do, Dave. Right. So you look at that, and Pioneer has all these unique names on it. If you go in their office and go, "Hey, where do you get that?" They're going to be like, "Oh, that's ours." Right. They're not going to tell you, "Oh, go down the street to Fry's. You can buy it there." Mm-hmm. That's that's just the way of the world, you just right? Did, but whatever. Yeah. So Simplot just doesn't want their customer to know. Who the where the supply house is, so on that JFW hourly ticket, like Chris says, it's not to charge hourly, but you need to write the name of the customer and you need to put the tonnage on there. Have the customer sign it, give them their copy. That is important to put the tonnage on there and have them sign it for their copy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the only purpose of it. It's been that way for for a long, 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 long time. So it's just something that's firing back off, and it's a good tip. Tip and trick. Thanks, Chris. And I do have something to add to that, too. So with those, um, if you don't have that JFW ticket, and when I go to bill them and send them their invoice, they will come back and ask for that. And so then Ah. we have to track it down. You know, that's if they still have it, if they have a picture of it. That's why uploading in the attachments is so helpful. You know, if you happen to, I don't know, misplace it. Mm. or something happens it's behind the passenger seat seat. um you know we can pull that from you and then send it to them but they will request that same with arcosa arcosa looks like a j like you have the jfw ticket like if you're doing a wait time some drivers have not been getting the signatures on the bottom and they will they'll kick it back so right yeah so you're just paying attention, like they said, directions. And, you know, if you're not sure, ask someone. Well, signatures are a big thing with some of them, too. Appreciate you chiming on, on Amber. Mm-hmm. Last thing on the discussion list, let the shop handle shop calls. So <laughs> <laughs> what we mean by this is, and I've heard this a few times recently, is somebody has a problem. Mikey's on the radio giving them the actual instructions for what he, the shop foreman, wants them to do with a mechanical problem and then somebody will jump on and tell them to do something different right we got to let the mechanics handle the mechanical stuff we appreciate you wanting to help and maybe there's other things that you can help on but if it's a maintenance issue or a mechanical issue and they're talking to the shop let the shop take care of it please yeah what's cool about that is everybody's so passionate right to help yeah. You know what I mean? That is just that is just the greatest thing to hear everybody on the radio, but you got to let the shop finish first. Yep. You know what I mean? Then throw out, you know, any other tidbits that that could help. Yep. 
Well, I feel like we had a lot of housekeeping items this week. It may have sounded like we're complaining, but these are just things to help us be better and run smoother and be more organized and, and function better. Uh, but we are excited to have Amber on. Amber's been on before. Uh, we did bring Amber on for a very special reason today, and we're going to turn the podcast over to her. Thanks, guys. Um, so March 20th is my mom's birthday, and this year, um, August 18th, will mark five years since her disappearance. Um, me and my aunt have been kind of talking, and we haven't got a whole lot of leads on anything since the very beginning. I mean, there's just people throwing out information, but it's never anything valid, or no one's really seen anything came with like with substantial information for the police. Um, so we have been deciding about putting a ten thousand dollar reward up for my mom, um, just to. See if we can get anyone kind of talking or if they've seen anything or witnessed anything. If we can get someone to come forward, you know, stir things kind of back up. Sure. Um, we have been in contact with Weld County. We're trying to get the case switched over to Weld, um, but that's kind of a process and we may not um, Get and, and to where, have. Where is it now, Amber? I'm it's with Lock Bowie Police Department, but it's you fight with the whole jurisdictional um, boundaries. So when we talked with Lock Bowie before, they don't have a missing persons uh, division. sector division, and they don't have the training behind it. And by law, they technically don't have to give my mom's case up to anybody else. And I contacted CBI, FBI, and they all say the same thing. Well, county, they can't pull it from Lock Bowie. They just don't have anyone or enough staff to focus or someone who's experienced and trained to put their expertise in on my mom's case. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of at a standstill. So, so uh, again, not to interrupt you, Amber, and mm -hmm. I apologize for interrupting you, but I feel like if I don't get these questions out, I'll, I'll forget. Okay. Why wouldn't Lock Bowie, as the right thing to do, go, we don't have a division to handle this and hand the case to Weld County? Why wouldn't they just do that? I mean, that's, I feel that's the right thing to do. Why, I feel why like won't they do that? it's the right thing to do, too. So when all this was going on, um, they weren't sure of what to do. They had no outlets. They, they were basically reaching out to everybody else. And I got upset, and I said, I talked to the sergeant with Lock Bowie, and I'm like, why won't you guys give this case over to Weld County? Because Weld over, oversees Lock Bowie. And she's just like, well, we don't have to. It's our case. It happened in our city, and we are working on it. So, And that's the response I got. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't know this until we had, uh, was it was it Mike Gable that we had on, Mike? Mm -hmm. Or Jam that uh, mentioned you know, how he works in Broomfield, and then you have Westminster and yeah, Thornton and all of those. Mm -hmm. But they, they're the bottom of the pyramid, and right. at the top of the pyramid is Adams Adam. County. Yes. Because yep. all those cities are in Adams County. Right. Mm -hmm. And Adams County is supposed to be the liaison sharing information between... Everyone gives Adams County the information, then Adams County shares it. So I, I view that should be kind of the same thing with, with Lock Bowie and whatever other counties or, or cities are in Weld County. They should do the same thing, and Weld should be in charge of they that. They should be the big is, honcho of it all. Do you right. know? Is there something... As people here at work, is there an email or a letter we could write or phone calls we could make to a desk sergeant or to someone that says, hey, and we just inundate them and go, 
you need to move this to Weld County. Everyone just calls and goes, you need to move this case to Weld County. You need Because yeah. pretty soon the squeaky mm-hmm. wheel gets the grease. Yeah. It does, right? yes. You know the I mean? more it attention just, they get yeah. and the more right? fire that they're put right. underneath, the more yeah. they'll start to react. Right. Um, so as far as Lock Bowie, um, they have a chief there who has, he's kind of been there here and there, but we kind of inundated him with so much phone calls after a while because he wouldn't give us a copy of the police report, um, which as a... Uh, victim, which were victims of a crime, um, you are entitled to that first police report. And we weren't asking them for to tell us everything about the case, what's going on, and we don't. I know that, like, I'm not asking for that, but they fought us for that for a while. But the more we were persistent, the more they gave a little bit. So, um, if anybody would like to reach out to, to someone specific, you could reach out to Lock Bowie Police Department. Um, it's Sergeant Southerd is the sergeant that's working on my mom's case. Um, right now, we're actually starting to work on a complaint and sending it to the state's attorney's office. Is is that? Can we have jam in the in our announcement for the podcast? Can we put a what a, a link or just put it in there of who to contact? I have contacts too in the police report that okay. I can also put for. I'll give you, and then okay. you can put that in the link there. Absolutely, we'll put it in the description notes. Mm-hmm. Um. So with that being said, with us just not getting, so it's been a fight between the police department and us giving them information, them not following through. You know, I could go into to that for a really long time, but um, we're just kind of tired right now. We're tired of not getting anywhere and nothing happening like it should be. We don't have a whole lot of faith um, I, in that department right I now. I guess, Amber, because I know, I know we've, yeah. we've talked about this and you've explained it to us, but for the people that haven't heard, can you kind mm-hmm. of back up and yes. explain what happened and mm-hmm. how you've gotten to this point? And, yeah. you know, your mom's just, dis- I mean, all, so far all we've done is said your mom's missing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so back up the time frame and kind of start okay. at the beginning, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And, and put her name out there too. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> so, um, in 2018, my mom went missing from Lock Bowie, um, right off I-76 and 168th. It was about the area that she lived in. Her name is Harriet Ackerman. Uh, she lived with her husband, Dale Ackerman, and at the time, Dale's son was living in the same household as them. Uh, Chris Ackerman, he was staying there basically temporarily and to open up his business. My mom would state from time to time that she was uncomfortable at home uh, because of her husband's son made her feel uncomfortable. There was fighting between my mom and, and her husband. Uh, this was an ongoing thing for a while. Um, they had their problems just like any other marriage does, and I never looked too much into it. You know, they fought, and then they got over it, and... Um, my mom used to watch my kids while I was a 911 dispatcher, and I came home Thursday. She disappeared on, on Friday, and she said she didn't want to go home. She was actually in the process of trying to leave her husband, but he did not know that at the time. At least we didn't think he knew. Um, she returned home that evening, called me Thursday night at 730, said that she wasn't feeling good and that she couldn't watch the kids in the morning. And she didn't sound okay. She was crying. Um, but she was having some issues, and I just kind of... I didn't think twice. Of course. And I beat myself up for it. Um, yeah, I bet. So I went to work Friday morning, 
and tried calling my mom that afternoon. She never answered the phone. And then that night, I got a phone call from her husband stating that my mom was missing. And this was 8.30 at night. He calls me and tells me my mom was missing. And he had already made a police report. Never asked me if she was at my house, didn't question me, didn't call her family, uh, which I found strikingly odd. Um, and it was just like, yeah, she's missing. But as I said before, nobody just goes missing. Um, my mom was a very secluded person. She didn't know a whole lot of people. Um, and the only person that she would come see is me. I'm sorry, I might get a little. Okay. Take your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we started to, you know, the police got involved. They did a search and rescue, searching the fields for her, and nothing came up, no information. They had hound dogs in the area, didn't pick up her scent. Um, so it's just been kind of a fight in between there. We have, she hasn't had any activity, no cell phone activity, no credit card activity, um, it's just nothing. No one's heard from her or seen from her, and that's not normal because she always called me every day, called my my grandmother every day, my aunt every day. Um, and I, for a year, I dug up and created my own police report, just trying to to see if I could have any answers. And I, it consumed me a lot, and I had to move on with my life too. But at the same time, I. It's hard to move forward because my life never really moved forward. Right. Like everybody else is still going, but I'm still stuck there. Um, we have her. We did a couple uh, news stories on her, Channel 7, Channel 9. Um, if anybody wants to see those and kind of just get it more of description, like of, of what she looked like, her husband looked like, the vehicles associated and such. Um, but all of her stuff, all of her belongings were left at the house. Which is also um, very odd. So purse, she would never do keys, anything. Purse, wallet. purse, keys, debit card, she a license. And, yeah, she can't leave and get very far if she's just on foot. No, right? and she was a, a veteran, and so she had to have medicines filled every month, and so she would know, like, okay, if I am, let's just say I'm just going to randomly leave. I need my license. I need my debit card. I need. I need you know, my medicine. I'm going to be. I need my in, medicine. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be in Iowa next week. Or, yes, you know whatever. Like, and yeah. but she, she was, was a smoker too, right? Yes, uh, yeah, and that's what's crazy. So she was a smoker, um, but she would was like one of those smokers that get bored and have to go smoke, and they put it out, and she smokes again, and she puts it out, but she never really inhaled. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> but um, when I went to the house that next day, because once I figured it clicked in my head, like this is wrong, like this is not like her, uh, I walked up on. There, it's like a little wheelchair ramp. I walked up, and in the ashtray, it was one cigarette left in the ashtray, and it was like half. And my mom would wake up constantly in the middle of the night because she couldn't sleep and would smoke and put it out. It was always full, always. Ah, and there was only one in there. There was only one. Um, both of the big dumpsters, the big trash cans the from waste management were empty. Um, and the, what day is trash day? Or was trash, trash day? day was, uh, what they say here? Let me think back because it's been a while. So trash days are on Thursday. And the reason why I found that out, because I drove around the neighborhood and found somebody on the street and just said, hey, when did you guys' trash get taken out? So it was all that they were both empty. Um, 
she had five packs of cigarettes, full brand new packs of cigarettes at the house. Like I used to smoke cigarettes, so I know what it's like. You just you go out and check the mail, right. and you take your cigarette. Right. right, you don't leave anywhere without them. So, um, you know, just all those different things, and then the white truck that her husband used to drive constantly on a day to day basis was not on their property when she went missing. Um, and I spotted that out. I told the police department and her husband stated that he took the white truck, dropped it off at his son's repair shop in Parker to get the dents taken out of it. And that truck returned back on their property four days after, um, my mom went missing and I walked around the the truck with the dents, with the dents still in the truck. And it wasn't even probably two months after my mom went missing that he sold the truck. Hmm. Um, so there was never any, the, the, they didn't have forensics come out, check it for prints, didn't, you know, any kind of hair, anything. They didn't check that. Yeah. Look for DNA. Yes. So they failed us big time um, on a lot of aspects. And I don't like to... to um, come down on police departments. It's, I'm not about that. I used to work for them for 10 years, and um, I don't like to talk badly about them. But as a citizen's perspective, they let things go, and they didn't act quick enough. Um, I actually was working with a commander with Adams County at the time. I knew him for many years. We worked a lot of crazy calls and such. Uh, the day that my mom went missing, he called me instantly and said, where, Amber, what is going on? And I said, my mom is missing. And he doesn't work for Weld County. He works for Adams County. So he overstepped on the sergeant over her um, jurisdictional lines and had Rampart Rescue come out and check for her, for my mom looking for her. Her husband couldn't give any description of her clothing. It's just a lot of things don't add up. Um, and just things that she would just never do, like not calling her daughter until four hours, five hours later. Right. And you guys used to talk every day, every day. And she would call me just to say, I don't know, the sky is blue. Okay, great. You know, it's just, I always knew where she was, always knew what she was doing. Um, and I was the only one that she would come to. I was like her best friend. She's my best friend. Um, so for her to do something like this is not not like her. She would never do anything like that. Amber, were any charges ever filed or anything ever brought against the against Dale or Chris, the son? No. I mean, so they were just interviewed, probably, and that's that. Yeah. So they were interviewed um, at the time. And that's kind of where the police department kind of failed a little bit, too, because my fiancé, seeing her husband that next morning, he showed up to our house to watch our kids when my mom was supposed to be there. And they never called Jesse to ask him to come to the police department or anything. But as far as Dale and Chris, uh, they were interviewed. They asked The police department asked both of them to do a lie detector test. Her husband took one. The son is refusing to take one. He is very belligerent with the police department, threatening lawsuits on them for contacting him for harassment. Um, 
uses he a, has filed lawsuits against he's he's threatening the the police department that if they're to contact him anymore he's got his lawyer and he'll be filing a lawsuit against lock Bowie police department to for help contacting him to help search for, for her his missing uh-huh. stepmother mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. um there's even a part on the podcast the vanish podcast where the announcer from the podcast reads a whole text message that Chris sent me at one time when I asked him if he knew where my mom was. And I was trying to just, I was going by what an officer I knew told me to say. And I was like, you're crazy. I can't say that. She's like, just say it. What what can he do? So I had asked him, I said, I'm not going to say anything. I just, I don't care. I just want to know where my mom is. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, I don't know where that your mom is. You and your mom got issues. Just went off. And that's not somebody who I feel if they're innocent, that's how you would respond right. to a family member, your stepmother, right. your your father's wife, right. you know? Um, so there's just a lot of odd things. And there is also a YouTube video that so this guy I, did. I want, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you again. You mentioned a podcast, so mm-hmm. everyone knows. Can mm-hmm. you give the name of the podcast? Yes, that, it's that The Vanished. Done? The Vanished. The Vanished. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a specific podcast for for missing people for missing people mm-hmm. that obviously they have on people like you all the time mm-hmm. okay. and that are usually under suspicious circumstances and it's a pretty known podcast she's got a lot of uh yeah. stories on there i don't know how many she's up to now but i listened to that episode it's yeah it's, it goes very into detail yeah, like i don't want to take up the whole podcast on everything specific but if oh, we we got yeah. john here put it out yeah. there okay the okay. floor is yours this is all you um, yeah, so basically the Vantage podcast has specifics in there, um, time frames, descriptions of my mom's husband and her son, Chris. Uh, but it just is a storyline from kind of how things led up before, you know, so it's, we have reason to believe that they both were involved. Um, there is a YouTube video out there. Uh, it's called, the guy that holds the YouTube video is called Blunt Trips. Weird, right? Did you watch it at all? I watched a little bit of it. But he's he's really, really good. And he took the time to dig on information that our family and the police department didn't even know. Uh, he did contact Chris. Chris used to be in martial arts. He contacted the school where Chris went to and reached out to his instructor and found out that Chris um, is a professional chokehold artist who can choke somebody out in seven seconds and kill them. Wow. And he puts that on the YouTube channel and, and basically to get them, see if they'll come forward. And they did. They started harassing the YouTube um, producer, sending him threatening messages. So it's just those kind of things stick out because I feel... If you're innocent, that's not how you respond, and that's not how you behave. Did his uh, martial arts instructor give any other details of Chris's character, or did he say, "Yeah, that guy was a weirdo"? Or um, he, I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. I think they just thought it was kind of weird, and they probably I don't think they wanted to give a whole lot of information, you sure. know. Um, but I did, did my own personal investigation on Chris and in Maryland is where we're all from. Mm -hmm. They have a website that's Maryland case search and you can put people's first and last name in and it'll pull up their record 
as far as any kinds of court cases they've been to. And I found on there that he has a lot of protection order violations, um, domestic violence, obstruction with the police department. Wow. Um, so, and then us just knowing him. Right. You know, he had a lot of physical altercations with females. Not, not so. a good person. Not a good person. No. Bad person. Yes. So, you know, and Dale did, when he took the lie detector test, they did say he passed. But there is no pass, there is no fail on lie detector tests, which is why they, you can't bring them to court. Yeah, they're pretty unreliable. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I did read online that they are actually simple, easy. They're easy to pass. Right. If you know the test. right things. Yes. And which was odd about that whole situation is the day before, because I was still, when all this was new, I was trying to stay close to Dale to see, like, portray it like I believed him so I could get any information if he would slip up with any information. Um, and then at that time, when they were asking him to take the lie detector test, he called me the night before, said he was surfing the web because he was going to hire his own third-party invest uh, lie detector test uh, party because he felt that Lock Bowie Police Department would try and make it seem like he did it to accuse him, to get him to confess to something that he didn't do. Sure, entrap him. Yes. So, but my thing is, is why is that even a thing? If you know you didn't do something, why are you surfing on the internet? Right. So I, in my mind, I'm thinking he was surfing also on ways to pass lie detector tests. So the only thing that we can come to conclusion with that is that my mom and her husband may have argued. There was Her husband drank a lot, and my mom didn't agree with that. She was always telling him she didn't want him to drink. He got violent and angry when he was drunk. Um, but... The only thing that we can come to is that they got into an argument. Things may have gotten out of hand. The son was there. Whether it was an accident, you know, because when things get physical, sometimes things can happen. Right. Maybe it got out of hand. I don't know. And then they panicked. And there was a whole 11-hour window from the last time I spoke to my mom to when her husband showed up at her house that morning. 11 hours is a lot of hours, too do what you need to do and then not call the police until the next day at six p six o'clock is when he called so that's a big window yeah it's crazy come I mean, up just as you've been talking amber I, I you know you can look anything up so fast on your phone mm -hmm. you know i looked up dale is delbert that's his delbert. that's his real name is delbert, delbert. Ackerman. Goes, goes by dale right mm -hmm. i looked up chris ackerman your mom comes up instantly when instantly. you look up chris ackerman and it's terry with an i t-e-r-r-i Ackerman, A-C-K-E-R-M-A-N. But one of the things it brings up in here is, you know, just like you had mentioned, the police found it really weird that uh, Dale got home at 2.30. She was gone, not anywhere to be found. He calls and does the missing person report with the police department at 6 p.m., but doesn't even call you and contact you until 8, like you'd mentioned. You'd, you'd said that, mm -hmm. and that's here in the report. But one of the big things is that they're talking about in here is there was never any DNA done. And I, I guess my question is, do you think there's a way, you know, if you can if you can reinvigorate this case or get it opened again or, you know, however that works with the cold cases, 
because it mentions here getting DNA from a direct descendant, meaning you, mm-hmm. that way, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm theorizing here, right? Like if her remains has turned up as a missing person in Idaho, I'm mm-hmm. just kind of California, mm-hmm. something like that, that DNA would link you and her if by chance that's been ran in a, in a missing person. So have you been able to give your DNA? Yes. So, and, and is that something, you know, I, the information I know I've gotten off TV shows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, yeah, but a lot of that stuff is really Right, accurate. who knows whether it's real yeah. or not, right? Mm-hmm. I've just heard so many instances where the database, like I'm making this up again, was your information only put in Lock Bowie's database or only put in Weld County's? Or or did it make national, uh, a national database, meaning it, it went in the United States of America? If there's a state... It picked up Colorado. It picked up Adams County. It picked up Weld County. I mean, if there was someone that that you know possibly tested the remains, if you know if she was a missing persons and a body or whatnot, and mm-hmm. they they did, um, they took my brother's DNA and my DNA uh, in December, and they put us into a database. Our DNA and my mom's information to what they call NamUs, and that's N A M U S, and so they basically put her. Um, any identifiers of what she looks like, tattoos, description of her, and then our DNA is added into uh, her file. So if she is to be found somewhere, um, they might be able to link her with us. And they also contacted her dentist and got her dental records and things. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It says here in the bot, you know, because I know you mentioned Channel 9 and something else, but mm-hmm. uh, KDVR pulled right up. It shows KDVR. you. KDVR. Yeah, it, it shows you. It does a report. It looks like you tried to open it back up or renew it in 2022. Mm-hmm. So it, it was all on there. And um, Yeah, I mean, it, the, if you just Google it and you yeah, type in her name, so everything comes up. So many things come up, up. yeah. Because mm-hmm, we... It says here at the bottom of this one article, you know, it's hashtag help find Terry Ackerman, mm-hmm. but it's also at Weld County DA, and it gives Michael Rourke at Lock mm-hmm. Bowie, at CBI or Colorado Bureau of Investigation, and then also Denver Channel at Weld County Sheriff. So, I mean. Mm-hmm. So, the help find Terry Ackerman is a website that we created for okay. her. Um, and so that's basically for anybody that wants to follow my mom's page, if they have information, if people just want to comment on there. Um, and every once in a while, we'll get messages in the inbox. It's ran by me and um, the admin, another administrator. And so I'll get alerted if anybody messages us. So that's something we created right away when she went missing. Um, and then uh, Weld County did do a story on it. So Weld County has some information on her, too. They did a news article on her. Uh, Lock Bowie, I think it was the Gazette, I want to say it is. Uh, but Lock Bowie did a small story on her. So there is, you know, we worked real hard to get her information out there and kept trying to keep up with it and reaching out to anybody that we could possibly reach out to, news stations, podcasters, um, you know, the local different police department, CBI, FBI. Um, so that's why it's so easy to find her information on there because we've worked so hard to publish, like try and get it out there, right. get people talking. Have you ever gotten leads off of there? Um, on the help find Terry yeah. Ackerman page. Yeah. So I had a couple people just kind of say, Hey, you might want to check out this. I don't know. Maybe we've seen her get in a car and then I would tell the police, you know, here's what I have. And then they would look into it and find out if it was, you know, legitimate information or not, sure. but they yeah, would add it to the report. And- and without pointing fingers or anything, what mm-hmm. does Dale do today? Um, Dale 
is no longer working. I think he retired a couple years before my mom. He used to work for Mirage Towing Company. Okay. Um, he worked there, worked for Love's Truck Stop, and there's something crazy with that whole situation. Um, but right now he is retired, so he doesn't do anything. He's his own. And his son, Chris, what does he do? Chris, he owns a dent repair shop in Parker. It's called the Hale Spa. And so he owns that. And that's what he moved to Maryland for, was to get that started out here. And so he still has that established in Parker. But he lives in... But he did live with my mom and Dale in Lock Bowie. Okay. Just to get his feet going. And then he started his company. And then I don't know where he lives now. I want to say probably in Parker in that area. The last time I Google searched. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned Maryland and I wasn't... Yeah, so you know he how moved, your mind is thinking yes, one thing, but you're hearing yes, others. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of bits and pieces to this, so it's a lot to follow. Um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of where we are. We're in limbo with things, just trying to get things kind of kicked back up and get it out there and refresh everyone's memory. I will still go to Lock Bowie every once in a while. Uh, we had a couple of flyers that were out there and were all faded. Um, it just is sad to see that the the police department won't even put out new flyers. Right. For, um, I would walk the town of Block Bowie, and it's a small town, and people know who you are. And I would run into people, and they'd say, anything on your mom? Like, we haven't forgot. And like, we still don't, we don't hear anything. We don't see anything on their Facebook page, anything about your mom. So right. people don't know if it was ever closed. They don't know if she was found. Um, and you meet a lot of really good people out there, a lot of people who are so supportive. That town is really amazing. It's um, funny. It's such a small town, but it I, is. I, you know, like you said, you never want to say anything bad about law enforcement, mm-hmm. but I've never heard anything good about no. Lock Bowie PD. No. You know, I mean, we, we had a guy worked here in our wash bay, and <laughs> he, he proved us all wrong. He was able to get two DUIs the same day oh. in Lock Bowie. <laughs> oh well, there you so, go. But I know they they always had quite a deal when you got off the interstate there at 168. Yeah, right there. That was like a that. speed trap, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, you know, way back when I think it was like 30 miles an hour, and it's you're oh, virtually it's on a 45 now. or 50 mile an hour road. Mm-hmm. Now they put that whole uh, roundabout that roundabout there, there yeah, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and again, never heard anything good about them, but I, mm-hmm. that's pointing fingers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. one person doesn't. Hopefully, doesn't ruin yeah. the whole thing. That's like us having one bad driver out there and condemning the whole fleet, right? Right, but, right. But and it that's happens. That's, it does. that's kind of human nature to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, if one bee stings you, all bees are bad. Yes, that's, that's not the case. Right, and right? it's a ripple so, effect for anybody. Yeah, right. So, and then I, that's why I said I'm not trying to dodge them, but were things like fail? Did they fail us in ways? Yeah. On many aspects, yes. Yeah. Did they not follow through or act quick enough? Right. Right. Yes. They didn't take us serious in the beginning because she was an adult. Yeah. And technically, Jam, we need it's to call not... Bosch. Yeah. Bosch could solve this. Bosch <laughs> Do you ever watch that show? Yes. Bosch? yes. Love, love that show. Yes. But, you know, there's just, and that's the thing, like other people, other people end up figuring it out. Right. Right. For the police department. And I'm not saying that. But Amber, someone knows. Someone knows. Someone knows. Someone either knows. And you have a pretty good clue of two people that miss. Right. Because, okay, you've got, could it have been a serial killer? Maybe. But what are the odds of that? Usually when something like this happens, it's usually either a loved one 
that has done it or a close friend or relative that has done it. Yeah, like uh, 99% of like, the time or 90 plus percent yeah. of the yes. time. Right? The fact that her all her personal belongings are left at home. Yeah, chance of a serial killer coming and, and kidnapping her first. Well, and most serial killers want to be found. Right. Right? I mean, they're and, making it up. They would leave mm-hmm, their signature. Some, yes, their whatnot, signature, so, right? Yeah. Or they would be found quickly, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, not just missing. Yes. Right. Yeah. And you've got five years, and, and that's what sometimes what blows my mind is that all these, and there's a lot of people missing, not just my mom, but just if different cases. If you look them up just oh, here right. in Colorado, oh, there's gosh, a ton. Yeah. Um, but how they can't be found for five years? That's a long time. Right. Where is she at? Right. right. So it was somebody who had to, had to have planned it. And had enough time to make sure that she wouldn't be located. Right. And I, I hate to say, you know, people say, well, you got, you know, you got to have faith. I do have faith, but you also know your loved ones. Right. You right. know their behaviors. You know their actions, the things that they would do and they wouldn't do. My mom was very dependent on me. Right. Um, really wouldn't go a couple hours without being right. Has to be in somebody's presence. You know, so for her to do something, that's no, that's not her. You can't tell me anything different. Yeah. You can't tell me anything different. I mean, it's just too big of odds that, you know, he called the police department at six and well, not you until eight. And, and I, I wouldn't turn someone in missing if I didn't check with all their friends first. Right. Right. Thank you. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? It, it, that yes. makes zero sense. That just, he, that just instantly points fingers to me. You know, the sun won't take a lie flag. detector test. It's a huge I, red yeah. flag. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he knows my personality and he knows that if he would have called me right away, I would have been down there. Right. Quick. Right. I- explain the, the pickup again. I, I, I kind of got lost in that. Explain mm-hmm. that again. Okay. What? So he, you see, he had two vehicles. Um, he has a Jeep and then he has a white, had a white pickup. He used to drive the white pickup everywhere. That was his car to drive around town, do whatever he does, and the Jeep was his ride-around vehicle. And this is Dale? And this is Dale. Okay. Um, it was a Ford, white Ford 150. Um, and when I went to their house the next day after he had called me that night and I left work, I went there, the truck was gone. And I told the police that the truck was missing. But but Dale didn't mention this. But Dale did not you, mention. You thought that. it was odd. I thought Where's it was the odd. truck? Yeah, because right? I'm like he always drives that vehicle. It's not here right now. Yeah, it's just weird that it wouldn't be there while my mom is missing. That's a coincidence. Right. Right. So I tell the police that, and when they questioned Dale, he said, "Well, my because we had that was a year we had a really bad hail," and he said, "Well, I took the truck to my son's shop in Parker to get the dents taken out of it." And so I guess, I don't know, they contacted Chris, found out it was there. Now, whether or not they went to the physical shop in Parker, I don't think they did because that's a whole new jurisdiction thing. I don't know how that works. Um, But then four days later, I'm at their house and the truck is parked out front and I do a walk around, around the truck. There's dents all over it. So I thought... Hail damage. Hail damage. So what is this? It just all doesn't add up because I feel like 
you had a four hour window before you even contacted me so you can come up with your story and your alibi and wanted to make sure that I wasn't there to interfere with the police so you could say what you needed to say. You call me. Oh, she's she's missing. She, your mom is, you know, she's she's disappeared. I don't know where she's at. Nobody disappears. Right. My mom doesn't leave anything. And why are you waiting so long to tell me? Right. And I asked him. I said, I mean, why at two thirty, isn't it a call? Hey, all of mom's yeah. stuff is yeah. here. Have you seen have, your mom? Have you, talked, have you talked to your mom? Yeah, is she over there? Yeah, do you know where she's at? Yeah. And then I asked him. I said, Well, how come you didn't call me? And he said, Well, your mom's your mom's car is here. So I, I figured that she, you know, was at the neighbors. Have you heard of Ubers? Have you heard of taxis? Maybe she didn't want to drive a car. Maybe she who knows? You still call and you still ask. Yeah. And then, you know, he I guess he had said that he went to the neighbor's house because my mom and the neighbor were really close friends. Said he went and he asked her if she had seen my mom after a couple hours. And when I asked her about that, she said he never asked me that. Really? He never came over and asked me that. A lot of foul play and fishy stuff fishy going stuff on. Fishy stuff going on. Right. And, and it's all stuff that we don't, that the police don't have evidence to prove. Right. Without substantial evidence, <clears throat> you can't do much because how are you going to bring that to, to, to court? Just, sure. oh, we think that he did it or it's Until a possibility. they find your mom. Yes. Then there yeah. is none, you mm-hmm. know? Yes. But again, it's all stuff that, that was missed too in the very beginning. If they would have acted quicker, Instead of just treating it like an adult that's yeah, like just gone and, and, and she'll come back. Test that pickup truck for DNA. Yeah, or that, you know. So it's just a lot of stuff that was slipped through the cracks. And it frustrates us as a family. Um, and back to the pickup. And then you mentioned he sold it two months yes, later? Yes, two months later he sold it. But his favorite pickup. But his favorite pickup. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the, he, he hasn't gone out and hung any new flyers. He doesn't contact the police department to check on the status of her case. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That is really yeah, crazy, he doesn't right? Need to. He wants yeah. to try he knows, and lay low. He knows what happened. He knows what happened, but yeah. he also wants the light kind of off of him. Right. So he's going to lay low, so the attention's not on him. Let it die. Mm-hmm. Mm. Go yep. away. Yep. And, and it, it won't go away. Because we won't let it. We won't. We'll help you not let it for sure. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And it's, Have you ever contacted like Dateline or or anything like that? Um, we have. We reached this, out to this case. Sounds like it's right up their alley. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you, do, we've reached out to Dateline, and then they were supposed to get in contact with us, but I'm, I know they're probably inundated oh, with I'm so sure. many. Yeah. But yeah. they haven't. Uh, they never call back for a story. They said they would get back with us. They haven't. So. Oh, again. Uh-huh. Call them again. Yeah, we are, and it's it, for a while. I had to take a break um, right. I because can't imagine. it's very for your for my health. mental health for my family. Like I was telling Joanne one day, I said, you know, almost for a whole year, I had my face in in reports. I had my face in the internet looking for stuff, and one day I looked up and I realized I had my kids. Mm. What am I doing? Yeah. Like. You know, you're searching for closure. That's I'm what searching you're doing. for closure, but I was yeah. also forgetting about my family. Yeah. yeah, I was forgetting about my kids and how they were affected. I would look at them because they were smiling and they were, "Are you okay?" Or you know, "I'm okay." That that was enough for me. But I, right. I you know, so I had to take a break for a while. Um, 
and it's hard when you you're trying to do that all alone and not saying by my my family hasn't been helping but they're all in different states sure. so it's hard for them to get it you know hands-on as much as me yeah. out here you, you were ground zero yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i would have yeah. been a freak yeah like like i couldn't have turned it off amber mm-hmm. i would have been a freak yeah, and I was, and that's what it was. I just was so consumed in it. And it, you don't even realize that you're rolling through like that. And people right. say, well, how how are you getting through this? How, how do you even do that? Because you just do. Like, right. if I give up, I'm letting my family down. That's right. here. That needs me. If I yeah. give up, I'm feeling like a part of me is going to be like, like I've given up on her. Right. Of course, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure it's incredibly expensive. Have you ever thought of hiring a private investigator? So, I, I mean, I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine what the cost is on that. Right? Yes. Um, so we had started a GoFundMe page uh, years ago, right when she um, went missing. And we were going to use it towards a private detective, or for a private detective, but then we kind of shunted off on that. So we still have the money aside, but we were going to hold it for a lawyer. Because after seven years, the spouse of the person that's missing can declare them deceased and can take any of their belongings and do whatever they want with it. So um, we kind of have that money set aside for that. Um, but and, and not to like mm-hmm. dive in, what, what belongings did your mom have? So my mom has you know, her vehicles over there. It's in her name, so and it's still on their property, and he can't do anything. I don't know. I don't think that he probably could if he pushed hard enough, but um, but it's just a lot of her you know, personal things, her jewelry, sentimental stuff. You know, to him or you know, his son, they may not care, and they just might toss everything away. There's family photos. There's stuff that... I got all of her important things when all this was happening. I grabbed her social security card. Um, I grabbed, you know, her her naturalization papers. All those things are important. But he also, and this is what's kind of crazy about all this, is that my mom always stated that she would never put him on any of her insurance um, because he used to get mad because she was a veteran. And was getting med- you know, military medical benefits, and he was kicked out of the military. Um, so he would ne- he would always get mad at my mom. My mom would be like, "I'm never gonna put him on any of my insurance. I'm never pulling out life insurance on him, or on me." And I looked into the documents, and I found out about a month and a half before she went missing, they pulled out life insurance. Oh come on! And it's it's not a huge life insurance policy. But for someone who doesn't have a whole lot of income and in who isn't working, that can make a big difference. Oh yeah, you know. So it if was you don't just, mind me asking, what isn't a lot? Right. What, well, I mean, did he collect ten thousand on her? Did he collect fifty thousand yeah, on her? Fifteen. 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 But people have killed for less. Yes, absolutely. And so how I look at that is, and the only reason why I found out they had life insurance, because I happened to be over at his house when Sergeant Souther was interviewing him about a couple things. And he had mentioned that they had life insurance. And he told her what the company was. And she goes, well, who is paying on it? He goes, well, I'm paying on it. And she goes, well, what do you mean you're paying on it? He goes, well, I'm... I'm making sure that that Terry's account 
her bank account because it's automatic withdrawal. I'm putting money into her bank account to make sure that it doesn't go negative so she can pay on her life insurance. Which is odd. Okay, and so, and this is why I don't care about her car and I don't care about all those other things, just material stuff. But I feel like after seven years, if he did have involvement with my mother's disappearance and he did something to her, and then I, I'm so, I get so angry because I feel like he's a husband who's known her for six years. We're her family. I'm her daughter. Right. I've known her my whole life. Yes. And to sit there and to, to try and get away with something so, so, such an ugly thing to do, and then to try and claim money out of my mom right. after seven years, and, and that be that person that can claim her deceased, that has any kind of say on how things are handled. Right. Um, so we want to make sure we have money set aside for a lawyer when the time time does come unless something happens in between sure. now and, and two more years. And he took out this policy two months before she went missing. Yeah, two months. And she's the beneficiary, or he's the beneficiary. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And how long were they together prior to that? Um, they were married for six years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's just that that got me. Right Amber, there. I'm just I'm like awestruck that mm. something hasn't come from this. I mean, everything, right. uh, every point in this case, when you tell me, I feel like it's a slap in the face. Mm -hmm. You is. know, it's like every every step, the white truck, you know, being gone, the hail damage, them not investigating that, right. the life insurance policy, the you know what I mean, the not calling you, the, the son's record, yeah, yeah. everything, yeah. every single thing. I mean. Even if you can't prove it, there, there's, there's, yeah, there's got to be a way to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And what, what made me upset with the whole truck thing is I had told the police and said, well, you know, can, how come you guys haven't, you know, pulled the truck for, for prints or for DNA or anything? Well, we have to have a warrant for that. Well, go get a freaking, go get a warrant. Yeah. Right. You have a missing person. Yeah. That should be pretty easy. What judge is going to be like, nope, not authorizing that. Right. You know, yeah. or, or if you can't get a warrant. What's the what's the hurt in saying? Can we have your truck? Right. So yeah. we can do uh, do a DNA test on it right. real quick. We need it for a couple of days. Right. So if you say no, well, hmm. Well, why are you telling us no? You know, it doesn't hurt just to to ask. Right. But it's just like there's so Did many either things. Either of those guys have any friends on the police department? No. No. Mm -mm. And uh, that's actually his son on one of the podcasts, that message I was telling you guys about that he had sent me. He said uh, some pretty bad things about the police department and his opinion the, on this them. This is Chris Ackerman. This is Chris Ackerman. On the Vanished podcast. On the Vanished podcast. Um, so he does not like cops at all. And he has no problem. Because he gets in trouble all the time. Because he gets in trouble. bad temper. And yes. The whole nine yards. And that's what's, just like you said, bad temper. And that's what is so concerning because my mom would say all the time, he scares me. I don't know, something about him, I don't like him. He's scary, and he is. He's one of those people that you can sit in front of and you get a bad instant vibe from. When I went over there, when my mom went missing, like two days later, he was there and, his, and Dale was outside, and I never got from Chris, is there anything I can do to like help you find any your mom? What can I do? Just know that I'm here for you guys if you need anything. Never that. 
But it was always once I would show up, he would turn around and walk away. Yeah. Sounds suspicious. Yeah, it does. And again, we can't prove it, but we know in our hearts what we think happened and who was involved. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it um, seems extremely clear. Yeah. Right? I I mean, I get, I'm just, again, I'm wowed. mm -hmm. I can't imagine how frustrating this has to be. It's super frustrating. Because you, you feel like, you feel like you have the culprit by a thread. Mm-hmm. But we just don't have But that. you can't pull everything in. Yes. You, you just have a thread. Or I can't. I don't have the power to do that. Right. Right. But the people right. who have the power to do that yes. aren't. Do we know any vigilantes? Right. <laughs> Can we get some? <laughs> Jam's looking around the room right, right now. Mm. <laughs> we need to call John Wick. Uh-huh. Right? Right? I recovered Freddy's AirPods. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Yay. Jam, you're hired. This Jam, a, you are hired this right now. A step up for me. But <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, joking aside, I mean, it's not funny, but I'm glad, you know, we could still have a sense of humor. We want to help however we can, Amber. Obviously, you know, <clears throat> I still know you are still working on the reward with the Lock Bowie Police. Mm-hmm. You're working on getting it moved to Weld County. Uh, we'll throw up links on this episode of anything you want to share. So while I'm editing this, if you could just put together mm-hmm. what you want in description so we could help you. And, okay. you know, we joke about, you know, us being worldwide and we had 700 downloads. It's not very much, but you never know. You never right. know. I mean, the one right person Might needs to know a little bit of something about this case. And mm-hmm. you just never know what could happen. And you so. may, someone may have seen something that they're like, oh, wait a minute. I've seen a white truck like that over yeah. by our neighborhood. Yep. Oh, I remember now. So, I mean, it, is, it does help to get it out there. To, we could actually uh, put the links out on our, on our social media as well. We'll put it up yeah. on Facebook. You know, let's just bring attention to it. Let's, you know, do whatever we could to help get it moved to Weld County. I could certainly fire off an email or, yeah. you know, the more people, like you said, the better. The better so, yeah. Amber, I just, I'm just, I'm a slow processor, right? So, <laughs> you picked up your, your kids Thursday afternoon or evening at what time? Um, so I went home Thursday. I worked a 3 a.m. to 3 in the afternoon shift. Okay. So when I got off um, at 3 o'clock on Thursday, I got home around 3.30. My mom was at my house in Thornton. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then she talked to me for a little bit because she was a little bit upset about the situation with her and her husband. And she was crying. But she said, Amber, I'll be okay. And then I said, are you sure? I'll be fine. She hugged me. She told me she loved me on the way out. Um, that was at 4.30. I told her to make sure she called me because when you get home. Call me when you get home. Okay. She calls me. Um, I would say about 30 minutes after. She sounded fine. Amber, I'm home. Okay, Mom. Love you. Love you. Hang up. Then I get a phone call two hours after at 7.30 p.m. crying, saying she couldn't make it to watch the kids. And then her husband, I didn't hear from her all night. And her husband showed up to our house the next day, Friday at 6 a.m., without a phone call or anything, saying he was on his way to come watch our kids or anything. So, And then from that time, from 6 a.m. to when he left our house, because Jesse was home that day, he never went. He called out. Um, so it was almost like he was had that whole kind of my alibi thing. 2.30, he leaves our house. 
shows back up at his house. I want to say around three. The time frame is so long, but around that time. And then from 2.33 o'clock, he didn't call the police department until 6 p.m. that night and then contacted me two and a half hours later at 8.30. So what interactions did Dale and Jesse have throughout the day Friday? So Friday, um, Jesse was a little bit thrown up back. He said, what is he doing? He called me. He said, what is he doing here? I said, I don't know. He's, I'm like, yeah, is So no leaving? one ever informed you. Other than coming? Thursday night at 730, your mom calls, says, I can't Yeah, we didn't know he was coming. Yeah, she never said, hey, I'm not coming. I don't feel good or whatever. No. Dale's coming. No. And um, has Dale ever watched the kids? He, does. he used to watch them. Like if my okay. mom was sick or something, but they would call. Or they right. would say, hey, I'm not going to make it. Uh, Dale will be over there tomorrow. Okay, great. So we knew what to do about work. Right. We didn't know. So Jesse, I went to work. Jesse called out. And then he shows up unannounced early. Um, and then stayed at our house all day. Jesse was going to fix the fence on the side of our house. And he kind of lingered around, helped Jesse fix the, the fence. And then he knew, me and him didn't, I have a fiery personality. So... He wasn't uh, keen on me being home because he knew I would uh, question him. You know, I just blunt. I'm blunt about right. things. So he shows up. Uh, Why he are knows you here? Getting, Where's mom? Right, What's where's she mom? doing? What's she doing? Right, right. Too Absolutely. many questions. So he leaves at two thirty, knowing I'm getting off at three o'clock to beat me huh. before I get home. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then not calling me before he made the police report. Like it just is it's too much time. Right. Right. Too much too much thinking on and plots and cleaning up and you know, coming up with your story and getting rid of things if you need to. It's just And in, in going through the house, Amber, was there any you know, again, making it up broken lamp you saw or no, any any one thing out of place in the house. No, my mom was a collector, so she has so much stuff everywhere. And those trailers are so small. But everything was where it should be. But the thing what I found strikingly odd is my mom always was a pajama person. It didn't matter where she was, where she was at. Um, she always went to bed in her pajamas. Always. And anybody that knows my mom knows that. And... When the police asked him where my mom's clothing was or what she went to bed in, he said her day clothes. Huh. But my mom's day, my mom's day clothes, um, that I remember what she was wearing the day before. I went through her clothes in their bedroom. And not there, huh? And they're not there. Wow. My mom would never go to bed with her day clothes, ever. But then he couldn't tell the police what her day clothes looked like. Because when Rampart Rescue showed up, they wanted something with her scent or the clothes that she wore, and he didn't know what she wore. But she, he knew she wore her day clothes. Huh. Um, but the only thing that was that was I found a little bit odd at the house is that my mom's medicine was gone, all of it, but all of her other things were left at the house. And I'm like, well, why? What is why? Is her medicine missing? And I feel like he may have done something with her medication to make it seem like she took them to overdose with. Hmm. 
Because why would she just take her medication and not all of her her keys or car or phone or any of that? Right. And then all the cigarettes she bought were stashed behind the microwave. And those were the things that were odd. But as far as everything being in place, everything was appeared normal inside the house to me. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's just, yeah, it's so crazy, Amber. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly like what you see on TV. Yeah. You know, just. And then look at all the other cases you see on TV for women and men. You see those ones, uh, wife has gone missing, left everything behind, and then the husband did it to her. Or the wife killed her husband or something. I don't know. My wife, Jackie, loves watching the Dateline shows every Friday. And I don't because it's always the husband. You know, like Murdoch, right? That's the big one in the news, you know, and and I'm the husband. Dave, did you watch? We didn't know how current that was. We just happened to complete that series on Netflix like two weeks before all the court trial. The Murdoch thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were on Dateline a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just, it was just on last night or uh, two nights ago. On Dateline, mm. the, the Murdoch one. That's I mean, wild. I didn't know how I mean, that, is a that one man. was. Oh, he, oh yeah, all the I mean, to kill his wife, kill his, his son. His son. Yep. But did you hear what his son did to the to on the boat? Oh yeah, oh, on yeah. The boat. He, yeah. It was a drunken mess. And how his yeah. dad told him to say, "Well, you know." Oh, he just yeah. walked right in there and got him completely out of trouble. Yeah, the kid didn't spend a day in jail. Nope. Yeah, yeah, wasn't even interviewed. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, there's so, their nanny, or the she falls down the too, stairs, right? Like. And that was another where they just had taken out not a life insurance policy, but they had just taken out an insurance policy on their property. On their property, Janet and I had to look that up yeah, because I didn't so understand crazy. the name. They have a name for their property, you know, like we call Yard Twenty Three, Yard mm-hmm. Twenty. They have a name like Montecito or whatever mm-hmm. for that property, mm-hmm. and they just insured it, and then coincidentally, she died she, there. But then he tells the family. Of the, uh, I think she had two kids or something. Yes, yeah, there was two and then sons. he tells neither them, of them got the money, and they didn't even know it. He, he got the money. Them, I know. Yeah, it's wild. millions. It, yeah, the whole thing is is it's uh, yeah. So glad that guy went down. Yes, yes. Right? Well, let's find this guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. <sighs> Let us know anything we could do, Amber. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it and give me an opportunity to come on here and, and of spread the word again, you know. Yep. If you want to stick around for the rest of the podcast, you are more than welcome. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Uh, safety topic of the week. Safety has no blind spot. We mentioned earlier we're about to roll out a campaign. This campaign is to prevent right-hand lane change accidents. So even though the campaign hasn't officially started yet, when you're going to change lanes... You want that turn signal on four, well, let's just say six times. You want to look. You want to look again. You want to check all of your mirrors, the spot mirror on the hood, the curb mirror, the fog line mirror, the your side mirror. If you don't have air in your chair, put air in your chair. If you're not sure if something's next to you, slow down. This way they'll come out of your blind spot if they're right next to you. So I, I'm going to jump in there, Jam, to, to specifically interrupt you because yeah. that one seems to be the hiccup. Right. Everyone is just right in front right. of that. Our bumper doesn't clear them, but we hit the last three feet of that car. Yep. So they're, I don't want to say they're behind the mirror, because if you were paying attention, you've passed that car. But, but what you key on, and I don't think we talk about it enough, you either need to speed up or slow up right. when you're changing lanes. Yep. Maintaining that same speed, if there is a vehicle and... 
And that blind spot shouldn't be a blind spot. I mean, we stopped buying extended hood trucks. I know, I know, right. we that's, we just bought the last five, but that's because that model goes away. That's the this is the legacy year uh, of that model truck. It won't exist after after January first. Didn't know that, right? So, but that you know, we we've went to slope hood trucks. We've went to you know mirrors on the hoods. We've We've done everything in our power, and it's still, you need to look and see that vehicle. It's visible. It is not hidden. It's not a person hiding, sneaking around the corner. They're, they're in a four-wheeled vehicle. Right. They're there. You can see them. You just need to look. But that, I think that one piece is key, Jam. Yep. You then need to slow up or speed up. Yep. So they're just not stuck at that one, one speed. And I, I, I'm all for the slow up when you change lanes. Slow up. I used to say slow up and speed up, and one of the safety directors said, oh, I don't know if we should tell them. I'm like, all right, well, slow up, whatever. Either way, yeah. you are you are adjusting where you're not going to be right next to somebody. Yes, right? and yes. You'll, they'll appear out of the quote-unquote blind spot. Yes. So. And anyone listening to this podcast, how many times have you been, you are the only vehicle on the road, and you get up next to this other person, and they mirror your speed? It happens, happens all the time. All the time. You were the only two on the road, and you get next to that person, and they're like, oh, I need to speed up. He's passing me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I don't think they really think that. You know, I just said it, but I don't really think they said they think that. I think it's a a reaction. It, it just happens. You know? Some people it's just don't and you know, know. Then you gas right. on it. Jam. Yeah, yeah. So just, you get away from them. Yes. You don't need to change lanes. You just want to create space. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you do that, they slow back down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll just tell you, I was on the way to your lake house and uh, or your family lake house. You make it sound so nice. <laughs> it does sound nice. Yeah. Right? Just hearing yeah, lake house is like, oh. It's exquisite. <laughs> Somebody was feeding me grapes. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Fanning you. Yes. Um, but my wife's mom was following us, right? Oh, my God, right? So she just, she she doesn't know, right? So literally, I'm in the left lane. She's sitting right next to my gas cap. You know what I mean? So I would, like, slow down, like, go ahead. And then she would slow down. I'd speed up. She would, like, she wanted to be... Right there. Right next to my wheel. Yes. And I'm just like, what is wrong? What is, will you call her and tell her like, <laughs> I am slowing down and speeding up a lot to get away from her. Right. You know, like what's yes. the deal? She, oh, I was just trying to make sure we stayed together. Yes. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. You could be a quarter mile behind us. We will not lose you. I will wait. <laughs> I will make sure we get off the exit yes. together. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. crazy. So. Uh, tips and tricks from Ray Davis. Knowing your engine and RPMs. Do you know what engine is in your truck? Most of our trucks have Packard MX-13s in them. The Freightliners have Detroit's DD-13s. They're both low RPM engines, so your RPM should never go over 2,000. I know in the newer Kenworths, if you go too high in the RPMs... I thought they had Cat C-16s in them. <laughs> Dave. Did you just... <laughs> Man, just because you're bringing it up, I do want to clarify. They have DD-15s, but I wasn't going to bother correcting Ray. You know what I mean? In the Freightliners, they have DD-15s. You weren't going to interrupt me? It wasn't worth correcting. You know what I mean? A 13 or 15. Nobody even probably realizes that stands for 13 liter or 15 liter. So anyway, yeah. Ray, I'm not picking on you. still love you, man. I know in the newer Kenworths, if you go high in RPMs, it'll send the engine check light to you. So why should we not let the RPMs get too high? 
Think of it. If you were running down a mountain and can't stop, what will happen? You will run until you just can't run anymore and fall on your face. That's what will happen to your motor. It will go until it can't and then blow up. Here is a couple tricks to help you keep your RPMs low when going downhill. Make sure you're in the right gear coming down a big hill. That's the first thing you need to do. Make sure you're in the right gear. Turn your engine and fan on and it will slow you down. Right? That's true. Turn your jakes on as well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That'll slow you down. But you, you wouldn't think you need to say that, but we need to say that. <laughs> yeah. Right, Jam? I mean, it's, it's inevitable. Yep. Point your truck downhill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> turn, turn your jakes on. Turn your engine fan on. That actually does take power away from the engine, and it'll drop your RPMs. Great tip. When going uphill, make sure when you put in a manual that you don't too go too and too high in your RPMs. Let off a little. That extra pushing is not going to make any more time up if you're still going up the hill 25 to 35 miles an hour. Slow the RPMs down and continue uphill. When you are idling your truck up to dump, you don't want to go over 1,000 RPM. It's hard on the hoses and seals of your hydraulic system. In cold, freezing weather, you don't want to rev your motor up too high to get your trailer up to go faster. The hydraulic fluid is sick and needs to warm up, so your trailer will go up slowly. You don't want to force that thick fluid through them hoses and tear seals up. Hope this helps some of you out there. Much love and respect always, Ray Ray 0012. And I want to give a shout out to Scooby for some help on this one. I knew Scooby helped him because I had it. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys. That's yeah. it's just great information. I mean, yep. you can't we can't share enough and and teach enough and speak enough and talk enough about all these situations and the things we've learned along the way. Yeah, it was funny. I think it was yesterday. I sent Ray a text. It just said tips and tricks question mark. And literally, it came through to the tips and tricks came through to Fort, you know, you, Super Dave, Jim, and myself. Oh, wow. And he's like, oh, I'm still working on it. I'm like, oh, it looks like I just, you just sent it. He's like, oh, I probably didn't mean to hit send. <laughs> I wanted to proofread it. So it was just good timing. That is awesome. I think that's really good he's doing that, though, with the whole tips and tricks thing that you guys have started having him on there. Yeah, he's really, great. like, he's come in and, you know, he talks about how, he just seems so proud to be a trainer too, mm-hmm. and he's putting in a lot of a lot of effort. I he think. cares. There, yes, there is a lot does. of personal yes. energy going yeah. yes. into it. Yeah. A lot. Amber, did I give you an outline? No, I just winged it. Oh, I I printed one for you. I just it's sitting it's on right. the printer down there. I it's thought okay. you just printed just, an extra one. I'm good. I'm I'm going with it. I was gonna see if you wanted to do the Dave Ramsey finance tips brought to you by Linda Frazier. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, so, hello family, total money makeover books. We have two left, tip for the week, start a budget. The smartest money tool. It doesn't matter where you are in your money makeover journey. You need to budget, plain and simple. It keeps you accountable through everything, cutting out spending, paying off debt, investing in retirement, even setting up for that boat, jeep, gun, or greenhouse you always dreamed of. Budgeting is one of the smartest moves you'll ever make to win with money. There are several budget apps you can use. Dave Ramsey has everydollar.com. It's free. Start telling your money where to go today. All right. Yeah, good that's job. good. I actually picked up that book yesterday. So I saw it. That's yeah. why I thought you might want to read it. <clears throat> yeah, I love the Dave, Dave, Dave Ramsey tips and tricks. They're great. 
And especially with finances now, like who can't use that information with how crazy things are? Right. You know? Questions from the audience. I heard from Robert Shaw this morning. He said, good morning, Jam. I have a few questions for the podcast or in regards to the podcast. First one being, is it possible for us to know the guest of the podcast maybe a day or two in advance to give us the opportunity to ask the guest some questions we might have? Mm. So, simple answer, yes. That's cool. Yeah, we could let you know who we got coming on. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Second question is it possible to spend more time training new drivers at Morrison due to it potentially being a little more difficult and tricky to load out of with the inconsistencies of the bins? Yeah, I think uh, we actually try to do that. I know JR has drove over to Morrison when we know a new driver's going over there. I think we missed one yesterday. Right. You know, but that's both great questions and great ideas. So, yeah, we should probably try to keep our eyes on that a little bit better. I, yeah, I mean, I, how do we fix that, Jim? We know we can ask any driver here what's the hardest pit to load out of. Morrison. Absolutely. Every driver here. Yeah. You take a poll of 102 drivers, and 102 drivers are going to say Morrison. What's your least favorite pit to load at? Morrison. Right. <laughs> I mean, it just they all coincide, right? And just like you said, I mean, we specifically have the trainers train them there. We've had JR, I mean, just last week, or like you said, the week before, he just specifically ran up and met someone there mm-hmm. because what what makes it even tougher to, to cross off the checklist is we only haul Morrison to Castle Rock Ready Mixed. So it's not as though 15 trucks a day are going there, right? It's it's just a few selected trucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get, yeah, you know, might be four 10 loads. Lo- yeah, a yeah day, or, maybe. Or, or 10 if it's busy, right, yeah. Dave? But inevitably, we wind up sending a new person there every single time that that either a was never trained because we didn't get them there or or you know b we didn't we didn't put two and two together that that person's never been there and we're just sending them up to fail Mm -hmm. you know so yeah i gotta attest to that that pit has not improved in my whole career right and you look at the same amount of time and all of the improvements that have happened at pit six right up at albert fry pit six unbelievable that place Morrison is just a nightmare and it always has been yep yeah and I hate to say it Dave but that's big corporate kind of America type you bet philosophies <laughs> there maybe yep. I don't know if it's corporate America but yeah I mean they're uh, yeah they should just have a person posted there that stands there at each bin and, and helps out each driver mm-hmm. they should just have an employee that's designated for that it's got to be leadership. You know, yeah. they haven't had a, uh, a foreman or a supervisor or, you know, a, a lead guy up there that cares. Right. You know, right. it works. It's leave it alone. Yep. I mean, it's got to be the drivers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, change happens from the top, generally. Yeah, I'm, you know, there I'm has joking. to be people instigating change, improvement. Yeah, it's yeah. Probably, probably a big overhaul to change the way those bins operate, you know? Yeah. I mean, I almost feel it, it almost needs to be a new rule, and I, I feel so sorry to even add one more thing to dispatch because they are they have to put dispatch together for over 100 trucks, plus remember who's been where and all of that. I mean, it almost needs to be a question. Hey, we have five loads out of Morrison today. Okay, who's going there? And then the next question, who's been there? Have they been there? Have they been there? Have they been there? You know what I mean? So then it's like five more phone calls or five more communications that dispatch has to make. Has has this person been there? Do you know how to stop the bin? Do you know how to 
do you know what to do in case of an emergency? You know, the, the, just those things. But Yeah, the first thing they should do is look at our Google Sheets and see if that driver made it there during training. Sure. And I know that a lot of the trainers are not up to date on that, but still it's a first look. It take it would take a minute yeah. to check that. Mm-hmm. So someone like me has never been up there. So what is, what's... What's the problem? The, yes. <laughs> like what is... Well, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's Just a lot. A, Sort of a little A lot of the problem is specifically under the bins is <clears throat> the bins don't always have the same amount of material in them. So when you open the gate, the flow isn't always the same. So let's say the bin's almost empty even. You could start loading your truck and then nothing comes out. You know, Or the opposite, you actually select a button of how many tons you want. It's not weight. It's just... The buttons are seconds. Yes. It's not weighed, the buttons are seconds, <laughs> right? So if you hit 29, the gate's going to open for 29 seconds. Which, right. if I'm not mistaken, I can't tell you about today, back in the day, it was approximately a ton per second, I thought. Right. It is. That, it that is kind of ru- well. That was kind of like rule of thumb, right. right? Yeah. But if there's not a lot of material in there, it's Yeah, gonna you're be- only going to get 26 tons instead right. of 29. Right. Or and yeah. You know, it's funny too, Jim. You know, I don't even know if all of our trainers are training properly. If you pull under that and you hear the rock hitting the, the bin, in yeah. other words, it sounds empty. Yeah, you empty. know it's empty. You right. wait yeah. right until you don't hear the rock hitting anymore, which means it's filled up quite a bit. And then you start to right. load. And so, then you'll get your load. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're training that way or not. The other thing is there's a manual toggle switch where you could just open that up and like just get a little pinch if you want. But sometimes you'll you'll get some or you'll hit the button twice or you hit the wrong button and all of a sudden your trailer's overflowing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Once that happens, some people what you need to do is just drive off. And mm-hmm. let the, let the let material fall on the ground. They mm-hmm. won't be mad at you for that. Otherwise, it's going to bury your truck. Right. Yeah, it'll bury it. It just literally bury it. Yeah, if you look at the, have you looked at the reader board <laughs> and you seen that truck buried? Yeah. That's at Morrison. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, and you can create, if you're, if you're not confident and you don't understand how it works, you can create some anxiety in yourself going oh, up there yeah. going, oh, man. I right. Can, you I'm know, just going up. there, some people get anxiety yeah. right mm-hmm. they're like oh, i don't think i can do this you know and how's it gonna be What's you have to get out of the truck so then you feel rushed mm-hmm. you know and i mean you have to have that confidence that hey i got this i know how to do this this yeah. is how i'm going to start the procedure this is how i'm going to end it and don't know what to it's kind of like expect. loading coors every a lot of people have a lot of different ways to do it right so mm-hmm. yeah except this stuff comes out a lot quicker fast yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. but yeah if you look at it i'm gonna take rock into that band and i'm gonna put it in that box you yeah know what i mean <coughs> when it works, it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fries, mm-hmm. right? But fries has a person opening that gate and closing that gate, right? Watching you, looking, load, right? telling you, hey, you know what? You need to pull yeah. up a little bit if yeah. you're not doing. And that, that could you know. be a little nerve wracking yeah. for somebody. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. especially as busy as fries yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But once you get it down up there, it's amazing. The other problem at Morrison Amber is once you overload, well, you got to go. You can't haul that load. You got to go trim. Mm-hmm. Well, to go trim, you got to climb this pretty steep hill. And if you don't do it the right way, you could blow a drive line, oh right? Then once you get up there, if you're not doing it exactly with the way they want to, you're going to get yelled at, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, everything's against you. Right. And, and the people are, are somewhat against you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're <laughs> they not happy. That you I don't think they've said. CB and ask for help, you're more than likely going to get an answer from another truck driver. Yeah. Not Aww. from a loader operator. Right. Yeah. 
that's not good. Yep. What do they say? Teamwork makes the dream work. Right. Yeah. right. Well, they're, that's not a dream up there. No, Sometimes no. it's more of a nightmare oh. than a dream. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Soup, you want to hit us with your high road hauling? Sure. So, I knew you were coming on today, Amber. And when I was doing my research on what I wanted to talk about today, this kind of hit home thinking of you and the spirit that you've displayed with the, um, you know, the disappearance of your mom. You are a unique person to be able to handle this as well and as nobly as you have. And this is this High Road Holland today is about the human spirit and you possess a lot of it. Um, how can we understand something universal to every human, but so difficult to grasp? The human spirit defines what it means to be human. When you begin a quest to define this thing called the human spirit, you can le- you can, it can leave you with a powerful thought. The human spirit offers us the ability to persevere in the face of adversity, loss, anguish, uncertainty, fear, or even death. It enables us to build confidence in our beliefs and to hold strong when we think we can't hold on any longer. Each of us struggles with limitation in a very personal way. Our perceived limitations shape our actual potential. In striving to really realize our full potential, we encounter the source of our purpose and our failure. From that intangible space between mind and heart emerges the human spirit. The deepest desire of our heart is rarely a straight and easy path. We very often have to encounter failure before we can taste success. There are times when we cannot see a light at the end of the tunnel and therefore do not believe in our ability to overcome. Simply not knowing how to move forward can make the strongest person want to quit. This, however, is not being true to oneself. Settling for an easier path at the expense of our heart's joy will diminish the human spirit. Each of us can be an example of of what is possible and by virtue of that, inspire others. One of the best ways to do that is by our own excellence. When we overcome limitations, we will change not only our own perspective, uh, but others as well. With the determination of our human spirit, one day, despite all odds, we can accomplish everything we set out to create. And the quote is, uh, today is a, a good one. The human body has limitations. The human spirit is boundless. And that was spoken mm. by Dean Nars. I like oh, that. Oh, that was good. That is a good, a good one. Quote. Very good. Yeah. Where's he from, Dave? What did he do? You know, I didn't look that up, Cham. I, I, I failed on that because I, I've been pretty good about doing that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Still a was. great job. Great yeah. I'll get back to you next week. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was, that was a good one. But I did that is true about if, if you let it take over you and eat you, it will diminish your spirit. Yeah. And you have to keep that spirit. Yeah. Like And things, you know, my dad used to tell me all the time, like, Amber, things are temporary. Things are never permanent. Give right. it to God. Mm. Give your problems to God. Yes. You know, um, and you just keep going. You have to. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, things seem hard keep going because there's always light Mm -hmm. i saw it when i was looking this up i saw another quote that was really awesome and it was and i might miss words a little bit but it said the body will fail a thousand times before the mind 
does. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's all about mental toughness. Mm -hmm. You see that in the gym a lot. You know, somebody's ready to quit. You know, when I was personal training, somebody, their body's telling them they can't go anymore. Or their mind is telling them they can't actually go, but they can. They can. So maybe yeah. that's mm -hmm. the opposite of what you're saying because mm -hmm. if you don't have the mental toughness to continue, your, your body's telling you it hurts. Oh, let me mm -hmm. stop. But if your mind says, oh, no, don't stop. Yeah, that's you know? some David Goggins stuff yeah. right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, my coach used to tell me, you know, you got 30 seconds left. I'd be doing some drill. You got 30 seconds left. You could do anything for 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, but then you get there and he's like, you got another 30 seconds left. <laughs> You're sitting you know? there thinking, like, hell, I can. Yeah. Why does 30 seconds feel like three minutes? Right. You know? yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Amber, just listen to you. I'm going to throw my final thoughts out there right now. Um, I commend you. Like, you went through something. I don't know anybody else who's been through what you're going through. You know, and to navigate, you know, being a daughter, searching for your mom, but having to pull yourself away from that for a while to be a mom. Like, I, I have no idea what that feels like, and you're an amazing person, you know. Um, my family is going to pray for your family, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this is the beginning of, you know, just mixing things up like we've been talking about to bring attention to your mom. Yeah. Right. And I just hope that I feel like you have more people in your corner to I put do. their to put their feet on the on the gas pedal with you. Mm -hmm. You know. And uh, I'll just be praying that we find your mother. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah my my final thoughts are uh, I I just saw a clip the other day of uh, this guy that started a tech business and. <laughs> He had a pretty rough go of it for five years. It 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 failed. Every couple of months, he had ran into another failure and another failure. And he said for the first five years, he and his wife had sleep dinner. And I'm like, sleep, sleep dinner? dinner? What is sleep dinner? I got sleep apnea. <laughs> well, <laughs> these guys had sleep dinner, and what he meant by that is they were so poor they didn't have money for dinner, so they would go to sleep. Oh man! And that was their sleep dinner for five years. But Yikes. what he did was he continued, mm. and he had perseverance mm. and that's what you have amber and it's what you need yes. and it's what you're going to continue to have to have to get through this so I, I guess the definition of perseverance is persistence in doing something despite the difficulty or the delay in achieving the success and you know this business isn't an easy business for 35 to 40 years jim and i have had perseverance and the thing is we will continue to have to have perseverance and it's what you have to have. Mm -hmm. And it's what your family has to have. And mm -hmm. you'll get through this and you'll get answers sooner or later. Yeah. What comes around goes around. It, it will work out. It mm -hmm. has to. And I, I just I you know, I'm with Jam. I pray for you and I, I, I hope I hope things can be found out. I think you I hope you can get closure. Me too. Yeah. 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 We will. We will. Do you want to leave us with anything, Amber? Um I just want to thank everybody uh, for giving me the opportunity to uh, listen to my mom's story. Yeah. Um, and just being open to trying to help our family, even though you may not know us, and hopefully that my story might be able to help somebody that you know that may be going through something else sure. similar or... I might be able to help point someone in the right direction, being that I've gone through this. And I just want to thank everyone for giving me the opportunity to, to share again and, and being supportive, everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
We're gonna throw the throw the links up in the description. Uh, the links to the story, the links to the YouTube story, everything. The, wh- whatever you want to share. Is the GoFundMe still live? Uh, the GoFundMe has shut down because okay. they shut it down after X amount of months. Okay. But. If you end up doing uh, something else where mm-hmm. you need some financial help, you know, we'll we'll get that out there for you. Absolutely. So just okay. anything you need, do it unapologetically because we do want to help. So. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Brother Dave's trying Thank to you. show you. Oh, is it? No, I just. I was going to give her the creed. The creed? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Came time. I knew we were, <laughs> Thank knew we were getting close. <laughs> yep. You guys ready? Are we ready for the creed? Yep. All right. Together, Together we, we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together, Together we are accident free. Watch that blind spot. Together, Together we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together, we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together, we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together, together we are the JFW family. family. Wow, we should do that again. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. Well, Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks Just a-trucking down the road Those big, bright, shiny red trucks Just a-looking for another load Well, it's a family tradition, any Rocky Mountain day. Our fathers before us showed us the way. We work for asphalt cowboys and concrete kings, but that's never been a problem, because we got diesel in our veins. We've got diesel in our veins. See those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. I hear there's a couple million tons to move. I see them everywhere. So you best get out their way and watch that sand and gravel disappear. There's another run to make. We gotta get it there on time. We got what it takes to lay it all out on the line. We lay it all out on the line. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Big bright shiny red trucks got the best drivers in town. They got all the tools they need to keep that hammer down. When they hit them scales, they won't need to dodge them, won't need to duck them. They just keep that hammer down and they keep that diesel trucking. Keep that hammer down and keep that diesel trucking. See those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a looking for another load. They just keep them doors closed, keep them butts in their seats. Cause those customers are calling and those red trucks can't be beat. They gotta put the hammer down and pick up another load. Get it off the ground, keep them eyes open and on the road.
keep them eyes open on the road. I see those big, bright, shiny red trucks just a trucking down the road. Those big, bright, shiny red trucks just looking for another load. Breaker, Breaker 2-3, anybody got a copy on that Channel 23 podcast? Welcome, and thanks for listening.